Hey, people. What's up? Hi. It's it's us, Charles D. Lincoln. And Chelsea Lesage, as, yes, as Charles right? likes to say. Yes. Le, no, Lesage, Les- not Lesage. That'd be weird. There's no W in your name. You're, you're right. I'm putting it there, yeah. though. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> Don't put a W in Lesage. your name. No one, no one wants to talk to Chelsea Lesage. I kind of want to. She sounds dirty. well anyway people hi welcome 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 um yes another episode of a cinematic autopsy where we will be discussing uh original films and then their remakes so very exciting very very exciting we're speaking this week about a film and the next time we'll talk about its remake woohoo very very wholesome content (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes. That's your new word. I've noticed when I was editing the other day that you use the word wholesome um, a lot these days. I do? Yes. Wow, good for me. It's because I stopped drinking. <laughs> I'm wholesome, so I say wholesome. <laughs> okay. All right, well, uh, That sure. makes sense. I'm just trying yes. to explain. Now I'm never going to say it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway... Uh, let's, uh, let's talk about this week's film. This week's film will be a 1977 film mm-hmm. called, uh, Suspiria from, uh, Ar- Dario Argento. Yay, Argento. Yeah. Um, father of Asia Argento. Mm-hmm. And, uh, kind of considered the, mo- the father of modern, uh, Gallo, uh, which is kind of Italian slasher films where everyone bleeds red paint. Um. <laughs> I'm like, is that what it is? I was going to ask. I was like, what is the, like... This blood. What is it? I don't know what it is, but it looks like red paint to me. It's always looked like red paint, and all these Italian films all all used it. Yeah, I just am like, how did that get off of their bodies? This is not safe. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I don't know. But um, so this is uh one of his uh more famous films. This is one. Um, I'll be honest with you. I don't like anything he's done like since the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he. Like a lot of directors, I think, had kind of a great beginning and then kind of, you know, tapered off at the end. But I think that's what everybody I don't think I don't think anybody on Earth has unlimited creativity. Um, wow. But this. Yeah, no, I, I'll, yeah, like I'll tell you that this is the first of um, his uh, Three Mothers trilogy, uh, which was based on Thomas de Quincey's 1985. I'm sorry, 1845 work, Suspiria de Profundis. Uh, which introduced uh, the concept of the three mothers, uh, the mother of tears, the mother of darkness, and the mother of sighs. Yes. Uh, and interestingly enough, um, you'll notice that at no point was it, was that brought up in the film. No. I had to, like, um, it was like a light bulb that went off, like, afterwards. I was like, wait, he said that this was, oh, yeah. Yeah, because um, it's not until the sequel, Inferno, in 1980, that they actually mention the three mothers. Okay. And that they mentioned that the uh, that the first mother was in uh, Munich. Cool. Yeah. Um, so this film uh, came about when Dario Argento kind of became fascinated by the concept of the magic triangle, which is that point um, where France, Germany, and Switzerland meet. Yeah. Um, and it's it's kind of been an important um, an important place to various occult uh, figures throughout the years, and so. It kind of became um, an interesting uh, thing for him. Um, he wrote this with his, um, I don't know if she was his wife then, um, or if they got divorced by that point, but um, Daria, uh, Daria Nicolodi, um, who starred in a few of his earlier films, um, she also, in fact, was supposed to star in this as Sarah, mm-hmm. 
But then she got injured, so she couldn't play a dancer. Aww. Um, but she she co-wrote the script with him. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, in fact, she said that the uh, the last sequence of the film is based on a dream she had. Oh, shit. That's crazy. Yeah. That's really cool. So, uh, it stars Jessica Harper as uh, Susie. Um, I should note, Jessica Harper actually turned down a role in Annie Hall to be in this. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen her before. I love the timbre of her voice. Well, she was, um, he got her because he saw her in, believe it or not, Phantom of the Paradise of all films. Wow. Have you ever seen Phantom of the Paradise? No, I just know of it. It's a weird film. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like in that Rocky Horror, like kind of weird rock opera type thing. Love it. Here for it. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's an odd film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I I have actually never seen it, even though I've seen clips of it. Ah. Um, so I don't know. One day I assume we'll see it or whatever. Um, but um, he hired uh, Jessica Harper after seeing her in Phantom of the Paradise. Um, Argento was kind of upset. So one of the things that's interesting about this film, and apparently it was um, in a lot of Italian films, that everyone in it spoke their um, native language. It's just absolute insanity. Yeah, so um, Jessica Harper spoke English, um, while people like um, the actress who played um, Sarah spoke in Italian. Really? Yeah. That's, how many languages were there? There were three. That's crazy. Italian, um, Italian, uh, Sp- Italian uh, English, and German. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, and this was shot on location in Munich, Germany. That's what I figured, because, like, one of the buildings looked really familiar to me, and I was like, is this Munich? I didn't know. Yeah, that was the Munich, uh, are you talking about in the, uh, when the uh, blind guy yeah. got attacked by, yeah, that was in the Munich uh, town uh, Town center, because I've been square. there, yeah. I've been there, I was like, I, I recognize this place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Jessica Harper plays uh, Susie Banyan, who's an American, Stefania Cassani uh, played Sarah, and she spoke in English. I mean, she spoke in, in Italian. Um, in, in Italian, while um, um, Alida Valley uh, played Miss Tanner, and she spoke in English. Oh, she did? Yeah, yeah, that yes. makes sense. Of course, this is all dubbed. Well, yeah, interestingly God. enough, well, yeah, it, Italian films did that with everything, but apparently um, some of the dialogue is the production dialogue. Hmm. Just because Dario Argento apparently liked Jessica Harper's voice so much that he kept some of the production uh, dialogue for her. Good. Cool. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, Joan Bennett, um, who played uh, Madame Blanc, also uh, spoke English. And that was, this was her final role. Oh, really? Yeah. What was the actress's name? Joan Bennett. Joan Bennett. See, she looked like Judy Garland if Judy Garland had a long, long life. So I just, I didn't catch her name. So I kept writing old Judy Garland as her name. <laughs> Yeah, she uh she passed away um in 1990 at the age of 80. Wow. Um from Lyme disease. Oh, I'm sorry. No, in Lyme, Connecticut. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, I was like, "What?" Yeah, and she had and uh, Suspiria was her final film. Um but she was in stuff like uh We're No Angels and uh Father of the Bride. Yeah, well she was and, great in this. Yeah, so she was, you know, in a whole bunch of, um, you know, the women in the, the woman in the rin- the window, girl trouble, you know, a lot of movies that like if you watched older films from like the forties and fifties and stuff, she was, uh, she was real big in, um, 
Biggin. But, uh, yeah, and then, um, Barbara Magnifol- Magnifolny stars as, Ol- as Olga, and Olga's, Olga, like, I love how they don't even attempt to sink her mouth oh with no the no they didn't care they're like they're gonna be people are gonna be so astounded by like how big of a bitch and how beautiful she is that it's not gonna matter if we dub her correctly <laughs> yeah because she, she and she was she was gorgeous yeah, although she, she just just kind of kind of just disappears in the movie she but she um, just was like i'm a bitch all right bye see you <laughs> yeah yeah but she um she was speaking in italian that makes sense yeah so uh, let's, let's talk up. So what did you think of this film, Chelsea? What did I think of? All right, we're just skipping the whole film. No, I'm just kidding. Um, the, no, it was like, I just, I loved how 70s it was and how, I just love the color scheme it was definitely my favorite thing of the whole thing. Do you know, do you know what they based the color scheme off of? Well, yesterday Charles and I were having a conversation and he told me not to Google what Disney movie they based this co- color scheme off of. So I was watching it and I was like, it's Sleeping Beauty. And then I was like, it's Fantasia. And then I was like, it's Snow White. The correct answer is Snow White. That's exactly so. I was like 45 minutes into it and I was like, and I kept like driving myself nuts. I was like, it's not Sleeping Beauty. It must be Fantasia. And I was like, it's fucking Snow White, you dumb cunt. I called myself. (laughs) (laughs) And in fact, the character of Susie was based on Snow White. Well, yes, that did make sense. Yeah. But she, her voice was a lot less annoying. I love Jessica Harper's voice and Adrian Coletti or whatever who voiced Snow White. And she's like, I'm wishing. I wanted to fucking murder her. I was like, the original Snow White's like definitely on crack. <laughs> so I, I like this, uh, this re-upped version of Snow White. I'm sad there were no dwarves, but that's I, all right. The whole time I kept watching it and going, I want like red velvet like wallpaper. <clears throat> yeah, I kept going, I want these lights just in my apartment. <laughs> yeah yeah um and also crazy fun fact um this was also the final um film uh one of the last films to be processed in technicolor oh really and it sense. used the last remaining machine in italy to do so wow yep rest yep. in peace technicolor there you go so, so let's start let's start um the film it starts with a very hold on one second i have a no so <clears> it starts <throat> with like it's like really intense music and i love it i love the like crazy creepy childlike shit like music box stuff and how it's all black as the opening credits go mm-hmm. like that's really fun like it, although although we do get a very unfortunate 70s font oh that's what i, I was like this font sucks <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while since we've been talking about fonts on this show. That's good. That's a good sign. Every other movie since The Postman. Um. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, so I really I really enjoyed this. And then we get some voiceover. What did it say? I don't know if I wrote it down. Susie Banyan decided to perfect her ballet studies in the most famous dance school in all of Europe. Yes. And she, like, left JFK, went to Germany. And it's just... I just, I love that it's all black. I couldn't get over that because you don't really see that anymore. Yeah. Anymore. I have to admit, I thought the narration was useless, though. Like, I was like, this doesn't really add much to the film. We can kind of guess that she's American. Well, I thought that it was going to be like a like player throughout, and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where it doesn't really make sense or add up to even have it at all. It feels like a studio decision. Mm. It really feels like a studio, like, well, we don't know where she came from. Why don't you uh, say that? Instead, they say the American girl at least a hundred times throughout the film. Well, yeah, yeah. So I have no idea why that that um, narration is there. In the 
um, Italian version of it, Dario Argento does the narration. Oh. At the beginning. Nice. And is that just so, the same cast? Uh, yeah, same cast, except uh, people were dubbed by different actors. Okay, that makes sense. Um, hold on one second. Uh, so, um, Mar- so, was Hot Delivery Boy named Mark? Because I don't recall his name ever being said. I don't remember. I wrote, cute boy she likes. He likes her. He has, or I wrote, poor boy at one point. Yeah. Just over and over again. I don't know. Yeah, because there's a character of Miguel Bosse um, as Mark, and I'm guessing that's him because I, I don't recall any other character who was a male. Yeah, um, there's the little boy, and that's it. Well, the, the little boy was named Albert. Albert. Yeah. And he came but, right um, out of the... He's one of the Von Trapp children. <laughs> yeah, so um, Mark was dubbed by Gregory Snegoff. I love um, that Olga name. Was, <laughs> Ol- Olga was dubbed by Carolyn DeFonseca. Um, Professor Milius was dubbed by uh, Jeffrey Copleston. Cool. Um, I can't wait to talk about that. Pr- that's the doctor dude, right? I love yes. him so much. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, and, and the police inspector, who we see for like three seconds, um, is dubbed by Ted Russoff and um, Udo Kier as Dr. Frank Mandel, was dubbed by um, Frank von Kugelgen. <laughs> what fantastic names. <laughs> I'm changing my name right now. To Frank von Kugelgen. Yes, it's kind of hot. Well, then we're not C- they're now at CL Squared anymore if you're von Kugelgen. It, we should just change the whole company to Van Kugelgen because it's so good. Oh, God. <laughs> you change your name too. Let's do it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I, if I'm ever going to change my name, it will not be to Von Kugelgen. Come on, Charles. Um, peer pressure. Yes. So uh, peer pressure never works on me. Yeah, he just claims that he does things of his own free will <laughs> and isn't pressured to do anything at all, which is actually pretty true of you. Yes, That's very exactly. Yes. So we go to the uh, Munich airport, which was actually filmed at the Munich airport. Yes. Very exciting. A uh, lot of very red lighting at the airport. Yeah. And I love I love the like use of like scarves and curtains and shawls and stuff in this film. I feel like they're throughout whether they're on a person or like hanging somewhere or like mm-hmm. the sheets and stuff. So because I love her like I'm, like, in awe of how beautiful she looks from this opening shot with, like, the cute white robe dress and the purple satin scarf. So cute. Mm-hmm. It's just really cute. And she sees someone run out into the storm. So there's a storm. Um, and I really like the weird shot of them showing the, like, the automatic door compressor thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like, that's completely unnecessary. But, huh, I didn't know that's how that worked. <laughs> I was amused at the... Um... At how they would just cut the sound, the score off completely. Yeah, that happened when they all would... the time. Yeah. When, when, when they would cut to the other shot, suddenly the score would stop. Yeah, I'm like, did they do this on purpose that they were like, I don't fucking care, it kind of looks cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, that was kind of interesting. Um, so, she comes outside, it's pouring rain, she has no umbrella. Yes, and she also has way less luggage than any person who's, like, uprooting their life to move to a different continent to go to dance school should have. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> I'll also say, by the way, like, I have never gone anywhere on a plane without an umbrella. Yeah, no, or you just buy one in the airport. Yeah, because you never know when it's going to suddenly, like, rain when you get there or whatever. Because you are literally, I mean, if she's going from New York to Italy, I mean, to Munich, that's how many hours, like, what is that, like, seven hours on a flight or something? I think it's six, yeah, yeah. I've never flown to Munich. I've flown to either Hamburg or Frankfurt. I don't know which one. I just know it was one of the food places. <laughs> I never even put that together. Yeah, wow, no, that's Chelsea. how I've always thought of it. 
That's how I've always thought of it. Like, I know I when I went to Berlin, I had to fly in through one of those two places, but I can't remember whether it was Hamburg or Frankfurt because I just think of hamburgers and Frankfurters. That's fucking hilarious. So I don't know which one it was. I just know it was a food place. <laughs> I flew into one of the food places. Yes. I love that. But, um, yeah, so, um, but what, that's like a, like, six, seven hour flight, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, so the weather can change drastically. Seven, no, or six. I don't fucking know. Yeah, the well, weather's six, insane. It's six to London. I know that. Yeah. So it's probably seven. To Heathrow. Yeah. So, um, probably, yeah, probably around seven. So, uh, she pretty much has to jump in front of a taxi to get a ride. Yeah. And I love how quickly her hair got soaking wet. <laughs> mm hmm. It was awesome. Yeah. And I love how and, douchey um, the cab driver is. Oh, yeah. I, well, I love how she's, like, in the rain, and she's like, can you give me a hand? And, and he, he does doesn't. Jack, he does jack shit while she's just like... Like, can you help me? It's your job. And he's like, fuck off, lady. <laughs> have you ever been to Italy? Yes. Are the, have you ever ridden a cab there? Well, that's Germany. Oh, I mean, I, okay, yeah, sorry. It's okay. I'm like, I've been, I've been to both. And yes, I have taken a cab in Germany, and... I didn't ask for help because I never, I don't care if I'm gone. I was, I lived in Germany for three months and I just had a carry on. I don't like carrying yeah. more than that. So yeah. I didn't need, I didn't need no stupid cabbies help. Yeah. But they were fine. He was, yeah. he drove me all the way to Poland because I was going to Krakow. And so that was an expensive cab ride. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he wasn't a douchebag. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I did. Uh, I, I have no experience. Okay. So. You know, okay, so I've seen all of, like, the train ride from, um, I spent five days in Germany. Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen all of the train ride from either Frankfurt or Hamburg to, um, to Berlin. Mm -hmm. And then I saw this, the Berlin train station is beautiful. It is beautiful. It's just, it's yeah. gorgeous. And then I spent four days in the apartment of a girl that I was going to see and literally did not see any. And she lived a block away from the train station. That's hilarious. Hey, you so, did Germany right. Yeah. Well, yeah, mm -hmm. I did. Mm -hmm. um, but I did, I, it was so funny. I remember the third day I was there, like I was thinking of how heavy my luggage was. And I was like, why did I bring all these clothes? And I'm just going to spend it like four days naked. Like, <laughs> just, and, and I'm like, I wish I didn't bring any of this. That's so funny. And, and and she was like, oh, would you would you like to go and uh, look at the city? And I was I thought about it, and I'm like, mm, no, I'll do that next time. Let's stay inside and fuck more. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the most Charles Lincoln thing you could ever say. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was just funny to me, like thinking about like I've been to Germany. And I can't tell you what Berlin looks like at all, except for how gorgeous the train station is. Yes, yeah, so the train station, Berlin is a very beautiful city, and it's got so much culture, and I saw the best play I've ever seen in my entire life in Berlin, and it was fucking Romeo and Juliet. In German? In, it was in German, but they put in, like, crazy, like, 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 emo kid English music, like, I think Romeo oh, sang dear. Wonderwall to Juliet, and, like... Oh, no. Yeah, and, and, but it was all in German, <laughs> and the guy who played the nurse, he was naked the whole time, and just kept his dick in between his legs, so it was just, like, this giant bush, and then would turn around and, like, bend over. It was the greatest show I've ever seen. <laughs> what, what, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure you weren't, like, on acid or something? I was not, I was not. That I vaguely was sounds like a... 
That vaguely sounds like a, like a, a fucking fe- delusional fever dream. <laughs> it did happen. I swear it happened. It really did. And I loved everyone was naked the whole time. It was really cool. And they had like a giant like block of subtitles on top. Were they also in German? <laughs> the subtitles were also in German. Yes. They were. But I know all the I know all of the big monologues. I know I know I've done Romeo and Juliet, I don't know how many times. So I was just like I knew it was yeah. happening. But it was the best show I've ever seen. Berlin is wonderful. Um that's really my best memory of it though. <laughs> yeah. So 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 our memories basically consist of nudity in German. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, funny story, and one of the one of the things is that um why I was totally like into that. Um my father years ago uh was coming uh back from Germany for something. And he was supposed to go to New York. I don't know if I ever told you the story or not, but um he was supposed to go back to New York and he met this German girl and this German girl wanted him to basically stay in Germany and have sex with him. And uh but he had to head back to New York. And so he basically like was like, you know what? She's really hot. I'm going to stay here anyway. And so he missed his flight. Yes. That flight was shot down over Locker was sorry, was blown up or shot down or something by terrorists over Lockerbie, Scotland. Holy shit. Yeah, and it was like a big terrorist attack in the 80s. Um like everyone on board died. Thank God for the German girl. Yeah, and so my my father basically said he's like, if a German girl ever asks to sleep with you, do it because it can save your life. Fred, yes. Yeah. So you know that's why I was like, you know what? No, if I go, if I leave the apartment, I might get hit by a bus or something. Let's stay inside and have sex. No, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> that's funny. That's yes, not funny. Yes. It's sad. But it's funny. yeah, I, but yeah, like I always thought that was like crazy that like my dad like basically was almost killed in the eighties. Yeah, if he had taken his flight, he he wouldn't have survived that. Yeah. So thank you God know. for German women. Yep. Yep. Um. Oh my God! Now I have thank heaven for little girls in my head. So. <laughs> I'm just like on fire with getting songs stuck in your head. It's yes. karma. Well, the other thing, well, don't make me uh, tie me kangaroo down sport. It's already, um, it's already in there, don't worry. Yes. But um, also, speaking of, uh, of little girls. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this is on topic. This is on topic because it's a fun fact I almost forgot. Dario Argento originally wanted the, the uh, Susie to be a little girl. Oh. He originally wanted it to be like, you know how you have like dance schools where it's like little kids. Uh-huh. But the producers basically realized just how much trouble it would be to have a whole cast of kids to, in doing this film. Yeah, one hundred percent. It'd be such yeah, because because you, you can only now it would be a different film, but you also can only shoot for certain hours with them. I you think have it's to have eight their parents. Hours, yeah, yeah, you have to have their parents on set all the time. So I don't know if the rules are different in Italy, but it's if it was enough of a pain in the ass for them to say no, I'm sure the rules are still pretty restrictive. Yeah. So that's why he then uh, made it uh, young women instead of uh, little girls. It's probably smart. See, see, I segued. You good. segued real good. Yes. I, I give, who got a good segue? Who's got I a give good? Segue? I give good segue. Anyway, that's dirty. So, Chelsea Lesage yeah. would approve. <laughs> yes. So, um, but what is some Chelsea von Vergelbaum or whatever? Von Vergelbaum. I like that better. Whatever. <laughs> She does not approve. 
Okay. All right. Chelsea Von Bergbaum and I do not approve this message. Yes. Um, So, (laughs) I thought we're still the first two minutes of the film. Uh, I know, I know. (laughs) So. Fine. (laughs) Strap in, everybody. It's going to be a long ride. (laughs) Um, So, uh, she tries to speak um, in German to him and messes it up. Yeah, we Um, are in the first two minutes of the film. Anyway, yeah, she does. She messes it up. Yeah. And she eventually just shows him the written note, which I have to admit I've done in foreign countries. Oh, yeah, 100%. (laughs) Yeah. Um, 100%. And And he's like, oh, yeah, this place, like, you fucking idiot girl can't pronounce it right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, So we kind of see a lot of of Munich as they're driving. Um, It's very colorful. I love the shot of the forest. Is that the Black Forest? I I don't. I don't remember. It probably is the Black Forest, but it's so cool that we're in the forest and, like, you see the, like, headlights coming through the trees and the rain. I was like, that's really smart. I feel like that's just something that they were like, Oh, cool, it's raining. Yeah, can you just, like, go into the woods, like, 100 feet? Let's get this shot, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, like, the cinematographer... I know so many people who talk about this film, and the first thing they bring up is the cinematography. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, um, like, more so than even the plot. Like, I know people who don't even understand the plot, which I don't understand, because I think it's a rather simple plot, but... I, but those people will still bring up the cinematography first. Yeah, you know, speaking of people who don't understand the plot, it was like, because everyone knows that I love The Office, there's an episode where this character, Gabe, like, talks to um, Aaron, who's played by uh, Kimmy Schmidt, whatever her name is, and, um, and, and he's just like, they have, they get to pick the movie, whoever wins the game of words with friends, and he always wins, and like, has her watch like, Rosemary's Baby, and The Ring, and stuff like that, and she loses again, or she wins, she, she goes to win and wants to watch Wally, and instead he's like, I got a great alternative, it's called Suspiria, I don't even understand what happens, but it's really great, you're gonna love all the murder, and she's like, fuck, so that is like, what I knew of this movie. (laughs) Yeah. It's very funny that, that, like, they say that, like, because there's only, like, two murders in the whole film. Mm -hmm. There's not a high body count until the end. Well, even in, like, the logline, they're, like, a series of murders. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's like, well, no, it's not a series of murders. It's one murder, and then the person investigating that one murder gets murdered. Yes. Get it right, logline people. Yeah. So, uh, as Susie gets to, uh, the, the, uh, can you pronounce what the place is called? The Taft Academy? Or was that what it was called? Yeah, it's it just was, an uh, academy. I wrote... Okay. Yeah. Well, because... Yeah, because I, di- I didn't want to... The my Tan German Academy? Well, yeah. It, it had, like, some big German name to it, but... Tien's... Yeah, like, because my German is very rusty, because, like, I haven't really spoken it in 15, 14 years yeah, or so. Yeah, it's been, like, six years for me, so we're yeah. useless. <laughs> yeah, so I figured your German would probably be better than mine. Um, nope. Because I... I barely remember any German at this point. Yeah. Yet I remember when I was watching German wrestling and you were able to figure out what they were saying. So mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know, so that's it's, why I figured you, you would be better to uh, translate it than I would. Yeah. It's the, it's the dance Academy. <laughs> yeah. It's either Tan or Taft or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So as she gets out of the cab, she sees a woman yelling in the door. Um, that is, we will find out later that is Pat Hingle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so Pat Hingle runs away, uh, Susie goes to the intercom, she says who she are, she, she is, who she are, uh, she says who she is, and, uh, they say, yeah, they say, we don't know you, go away. She's like, what? (laughs) Like, I have a letter, I'm supposed to, like, 
I go here now. <laughs> Admittedly, I would freak the fuck out if I went all the way to fucking G- Germany. Yeah. And, and in like, a, no. a goddamn storm. And when I ring the bell, they're like, uh, we don't know you go away. Yeah. And then like, do we even see where she goes that night? Does she go to a hotel? I assume she went to a hotel. We don't really see it. <laughs> she just like stayed in the cab. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, because she gets back in the cab, and as she's going through the cab, we see Pat running through the woods. Another really cool shot. She's, like, frantic and scared, and there's, like, weird wails and cries. Not, like, yeah. not like beluga whales, like, wailing. Yeah. Yeah. That would, that would be, that would also be a fever dream. Um, if just there were whales. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, I absolutely love the shot of the building. With the reflection? Yeah, yeah, but it turns out it's a puddle. Yeah, it's a puddle. Like, that must have... Oh, I, I, I want to do a shot like that, like, right now. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, they must have been, like... And that's something you can't fucking plan, either. No. That really must have been, like, them, like, having her walk, and they're like, wait a minute, look at that, look at that. Yeah, I, I imagine the cinematographer pulling Dario aside yeah. and pointing to it. Like, you've seen when Christopher and I have done that shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you've seen it when that happens with other directors and cinematographers, too. So I, I can 100% imagine Dario and, her, and his cinematographer like, yo, look at that. Look at that. Look at this shit. Look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Look, shoot it. Shoot it. <laughs> you know. Yes. Catch it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Like, because that's just such an awesome shot. And I love it so much. Um, so she goes in the building. It's very bright and geometric. It's like geometrical. Art Deco. Love it. Yeah. And yeah. it looks like a hotel. She gets in an elevator, and it's cool that the elevator has chairs. I loved that. Mm. That made me really happy. I was like, fuck, I want an elevator with chairs. <laughs> yeah, so right now we're focusing on Pat Hingle. Yes. Uh, wouldn't, wouldn't it have been funny if, like, we never saw Susie again? <laughs> it was just this weird. <laughs> well, I, I, like, there were moments where I was like, is Susie going to be, like, the person who goes, and we think it's supposed to be about her, but it's not? Yeah. Yeah. I just think it would be really funny if just there were the whole like first ten minutes of the film were just absolutely pointless and it's all about Pat Hingle. Well that uh, would be amazing. And then after yeah. Pat Hingle goes, the movie's just done. And we never yeah, get any answers. Yes. Yeah, so it's a ten minute film. Yes. It's a short film. Um Perfect. So um she she's basically going to stay with stay with a friend of hers. Mm-hmm. Um, because she got kicked out of school and she talks about how absurd it is, and, uh, you know, she wants to get away from there as soon as possible. Yeah, and she's just like, it looked like, it looked like when she was at the friend's house that she had just gotten out of the shower, but then she's like, I need the bathroom. Like, I'm like, why wouldn't your friend be like, do you need to go to the bathroom? Are you okay? I hated Pat Hingle's friend. Yeah. I hated her so much. She was just, like, so fucking annoying. <laughs> And I was like, thank God they dubbed her, because, <laughs> I mean, they definitely had to have, but, and I don't think we ever learn her friend's name. No. Um, but no. she, like, stands in this room, and the wind is blowing, and it's just like... That's the bathroom. That's the bathroom? That was like a living room size fucking bathroom. I'm like, wow, okay, new goal, get a bathroom that big. Yeah, That's like something shit. out of, like, a Broadway theater bathroom when you see, like, the lounge area before the stalls. Yeah, that's very yeah. nice. But I just, like, I was thinking about also then how stupid her fucking friend is. Where in the window, you got the fucking shirt on the drying line in the middle of a storm. And she notices this. <laughs> when the f- And then when a fucking bitch. I just got a bitch about this friend for a minute. She just, sure. like, she's just, like, not really that 
She's not helping her friend who's gone through something traumatic. She's like, you gotta talk to me about it. You gotta tell me about it. And then she leaves her alone. The win- like the window blows open. She screams. And when she comes in, she's like, well, close the window. And she just saw that it was closed. And when she goes to close it, she isn't like, oh, my clothes are soaking wet on the drying line. She just doesn't even notice. <laughs> that really bothered me. I'm like, bring your clothes in, you dumb bitch. <laughs> anyway thank you now, for coming so, to my ted talk <laughs> yes um i love the reflections in the window on this oh they're so cool they're so yeah. and you could tell that like when when like she's looking in the window and when she picks up the lamp to like see further in i'm like that's just for cinematography standpoint you know damn well that when it's nighttime and there's like and you hold a lamp up to a window you're not seeing more outside you're seeing no. less yeah <laughs> you're just seeing a reflection of the lamp yeah really. yeah so i was like this is just for cinematography purposes but i feel it it's good it looks really good <laughs> yeah so um you know, uh, at one point, uh, she opens the window. She sees a pair of what look like cat eyes. Yes. And then we have what looks like a fairy werewolf hand grabbing her and pushing her face into the glass. Naturally. As you do. As a furry yeah. werewolf hand. Uh, and then she gets stabbed um, three times, and then they, they start tying her. Now, the, the, uh, the friend, instead of going to help, starts banging on every other person's door and not calling the police or doing anything. Yeah. She's not um, helpful. She's a shitty friend. Yeah, we see um, Pat's heart exposed, and then her head goes through the glass window. Um, I love like a glass... that shot, the stained glass ceiling. Yeah, there's like stained glass ceiling, and Pat's head goes through it, and then her body falls. Um, and but she has a noose around her neck, and so she hangs after she's already been like had her like heart cut open. I remember thinking that just seems like overkill. It is literally overkilling someone. Yeah, so like we, she's, she's covered. She's definitely dead now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's um covered in that bright red uh you know Dario Argento paint. Yeah, I wrote I wrote At- Jesus fucking Christ, really? Like, cause I'm like she's hanging now, but I yes. love the pan down, like the pan down of the blood. I'm like, this is so seventies. Yeah, yeah. And then her friend is also convinced, you know, conveniently killed by falling glass. Yeah, too. it's like a giant crossbeam is through her body. And it's like the biggest shard of glass I've ever seen. And it doesn't match any of the stained glass from the ceiling. No, no, but, not at all. But and she was also <laughs> on the like fourth floor and then is somehow down on the ground floor when she kill when she's killed, too. Yeah, you know, I love that continuity does not matter. <laughs> yeah. So now we see a blind man. We later find out his name is Daniel. Yes, and um, he's got a German and shepherd. Yay. Yep, yeah, uh, who's a very good boy. I don't care what he does. No. Uh, no. That's Flavio Flavio Busi as Daniel. I was like, is that the name of the dog? <laughs> no. No. I don't think that did they ever say the dog's name? No, I don't think so. Hmm. He's not in the credits either. That's not okay. Yeah. At least you made no one... sure that Lola got her own fucking IMDb page, okay? Like <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, no, the dog is not in the credits. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It was just a stray, I guess, or something. Not but cool. it was a very very good boy. Uh, what pisses me off about Susie when she like goes through and like sees Daniel enter the building, she doesn't even acknowledge the good boy. Yeah. I was like, Susie, she... you're not a dog person. I don't like you anymore. <laughs> Our Although, in fairness, aren't you not supposed to, like, um, if someone, if, like, a blind person has a dog, aren't you not supposed to, like, acknowledge it? Well, you, first of all, you don't leave your dog outside if you're a blind person. You, I feel like you'd at least be like, oh, let me get this dog some water. 
Yeah. Because he didn't have any water. And you assume that, like, he's there for, like, a whole work day. <laughs> yeah. I, I would I would figure in Italy in the 70s, the rules were probably very different. Mm -hmm. It's Germany, um, Charles. Germany. Sorry. <laughs> I keep thinking Ita uh, Italian because of Dario. Yes. And the fact that there are people speaking fucking Italian in the movie. Mm -hmm, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But, um... But, yeah, like, um... I, I do believe that one of the things I was always taught, even as a little kid, is if you see a person with a seeing eye dog, don't bother the dog. Don't pet it. Don't yeah. distract it. But it's not with its human at this point, you know? So I'd be like, where's your human? Did something bad happen to it? Like, to the person. Yeah. I love that I'm calling the human an it and not the dog. <laughs> you know, like, well, the, the, you ask the dog, is, is Timmy stuck in the well? <laughs> where's the well? Show me the well. Good boy. Yes, yeah. yes. And then she's There's, got another really cool shawl on in this scene. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So uh we see um we see her uh, you know, come to the school. We we meet Miss Tanner, mm -hmm. uh, who's one of the instructors, and she introduces Susie to Madame Blanc. Judy Garland. <laughs> yes. Uh well let, let's so let's be respectful to uh Yes, you know, that's Joan, just who I wrote because I never caught her name. Yes. I know they said to it a jo bunch of times. To Joan Bennett. To Joan, Joan Bennett. Bennett love you. The late, the late Joan Bennett. And as I said, this was her final role. Mm -hmm. so, um, let's let us be respectful to Joan Bennett here. But um, Judy Garland's a good compliment, though. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, uh, uh, I don't know. I'm thinking like, but if someone's your contemporary, you yeah. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like. That seems different. Yes. That'd be like calling you like I like another actress who's not like a famous actress from before, but like someone who you work in the same time. In the as, same time right? as. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like that I, you know, for some for us to say it, it's it's a sign of respect. But. You know what I mean? Like it she's just, turning in her grave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. um. So basically, we find out Madame Blanc knew Susie's aunt, aunt Carol, who was a friend and benefactor to artists everywhere. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. And the directress is traveling ab abroad. Who she is also mentions the her, Yes. Yes. She also mentions her nephew, Albert. I don't know why, because Albert is the little blonde boy from The Sound of Music. And mm -hmm. he doesn't really factor into anything in the story except the dog biting him. He doesn't matter. Yeah. I was like, what's the point? The dog could have bitten anyone. Yeah, so I'm not sure why they actually take the time to mention his existence. Yeah, there was no purpose. He could, he could have literally just been, like, a child who was visiting or something. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so, uh, basically, uh, Miss Tanner uh, then talks about how it takes... It's a three-year academy, and you have to pass an exam every year. Yeah, I didn't even catch uh, that. That's good. Cool. Good to know. Yeah, and there's a detective who's asking about um, Pat because uh, obviously Pat has been murdered. Yes. So Susie describes that Pat, le uh, she saw Pat leaving around 11 p.m. Um, and then we meet uh, Pavlo, Pavlo, who uh, Miss Tanner is really mean to. Yeah, she's so mean. He's just, she's like, he only speaks Romanian and, um, and he's ugly. So you can tell him because he won't understand. <laughs> yeah. That's so, yeah. that's so mean. That's so mean. And then she starts gossiping about his new teeth. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. So, from here, she takes her to the locker room. So, Chelsea, she you want to take this part? She takes her to uh, the locker room. Um, so, she's just, like, introducing Susie to everyone, and all the dancers are getting ready. See, what I don't understand is, like, why she doesn't, or why Susie doesn't already have her things. 
where she has to borrow somebody else's shoes. But I was just, I was also, a big note is that every, all the dancers' hair, their hairstyles were so intense and so insane. It's like something that I feel like a ballerina would have if it were like a recital. But this is just mm-hmm. like daily dance class. Yeah. Um, so that was really, really intense. So we meet Olga and Susie is going to be her tenant and she wants the 50 bucks in advance. She's going to have to pay her like 50 bucks a week. Um, and then someone else is just like, oh, you can borrow my shoes. I'll sell them to you for 50 bucks. I'm like, what is this thing? And then we find out that like, you know, Olga, is it Olga that says, or it's Sarah that says, um, Sarah says, Sarah says, I'm like, asking for money is a charming habit oh, around. Yeah. Here. It's a charming habit. And I'm like, nope, nope, just don't do yeah, that. I, can you imagine just entering a room and within like five minutes of entering it? Like, two different people have started trying to charge you for things. Yeah, I'm like, it's really, that's not something that they do. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it's, um, you know, like, Olga, like, talks about Sarah and Susie and how names with the, so start with the letter S is, means that they're like a snake, that everyone's a snake. And that weird fucking sticking out tongue hiss thing was just ridiculous. Um, can, can you imagine just being city? I mean, being city, being uh, Susie just sitting between the two of them? While these two random women you've never met before just start hissing at each other. I'd be like, like right? this was a mistake. I'm going home. <laughs> I miss New York. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, Olga's so... painting her nails, and her nails are absolutely terrible. Um, but her room is gorgeous, <laughs> and the wallpaper is insane. But So Olga's talking about how she thinks that Susie's sweet. Uh, and says some other shit and says, don't, oh, because Susie's just like, oh, we're snakes. And she's just like, don't tell me you're as touchy as Sarah. So Olga's obviously supposed to be the mean girl, but she's never given the opportunity to be that. You know, there's no through line for Olga at all. I think the last time that we see her at all is when they're like all sleeping in the practice room. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, well, there's, there's eight minutes of the film that was cut out. Um, I wonder if Olga's in any of that because she literally just disappears from the film. Yeah, she does. She does. She's like, she's like, here's your shit. All right, bye. Yeah. But I love how she's like dressed like Cleopatra and has like Princess Leia's hair. Yes. It's very cool. I love that yeah. very much. So she's on the phone and then this boy, Mark or whatever, arrives with. Um, yeah, I just wrote hot delivery boy. Yeah. Arrives with that's Susie's obviously luggage. what they're. Pl- yeah, that's what they're playing him as is hot delivery. Hot boy. delivery. Bo- I wish he had pizza instead. I feel like she'd like fall for him harder. But where the <laughs> fuck was her luggage? Where was it? Well, maybe maybe that's why she didn't have her luggage at the beginning of the film. Maybe it got lost. Well, no, she said she said that she has some in her luggage. You know, yeah. she says that in the locker room. So it's somewhere, but why isn't it on the campus? In the academy. It doesn't make any sense. Was it left at the hotel that she stayed at that we don't know? Did she leave it in the I'm focusing on this. And well, I then, then be. the question becomes, well, then the question becomes if she left it at the hotel, why didn't she bring it with her when she took another cab to get to the academy? Exactly. It doesn't make any yeah. sense. None of this makes sense. Or maybe everything was left out to dry somewhere because it was all wet. Yeah. I have questions. Well, th- well <laughs> that's why I'm thinking that maybe what we saw at the beginning was just her carry-on luggage. Oh, yeah, maybe. And that maybe all of her... Because you said she had really light luggage for someone who was, you know, moving to another country. Mm-hmm. So maybe the rest of it um, was, you know stuck at the airport or something like that or or didn't arrive on time because i've definitely had that shit happen that's like my worst nightmare other than actually dying on a plane that's my worst nightmare i've i've actually had to wait when i came back from uh denmark once we had to uh divert the flight because uh there was a blizzard Mm -hmm. and we kept having to circle newark 
Um, we almost we almost actually had to disembark upstate. Ew. Because they couldn't uh, land in uh, New York. Um, and finally they did, but we couldn't get our luggage for, I think it was like three, four days. No. Yeah. Why? That's just bullshit. I don't know. I, I, I never asked my mom how that works, you know. That's for the best. So this yeah. is Hot Pizza Boy, um, who doesn't have any pizza. <laughs> with Hot Pizza Boy with Sans Pizza. Yes. And she says that, like, oh, it's okay. You didn't have to do that. I could have survived without my luggage till tomorrow. I'm like, first of all, Susie. How does your hair look so good? And what the <laughs> fuck were you going to wear? These girls are going to charge you to wear their nightgown overnight. <laughs> like, what do you... And so he can't stay. So it seems like they're already buddy-buddy friends anyway. Because people get mad if you're not in time for supper. And supper's in 30 minutes. I'm like, why are you inviting him to stay? You don't know this strange man. He could have just sniffed all your panties. Like, <laughs> like what? And I wrote, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> Um, and then... Well, he lives at the school. <laughs> he lives at the school, and Olga explains that, like, he obviously was blushing and has a crush on her, but he doesn't have any money, and that, um, what the fuck, Tam and Tenen, Mrs. Angry Lady. Mr. Miss Tanner. Miss Tanner. Um, I wrote, like, a series of different names, because I never heard exactly what it was, but, um, she, like, gives him thousands of errands because he can't afford room and board. So she, like, hangs up. I don't... We never find out who she's on the phone with. Um, yeah. And then... Um, you know, you know, I was just thinking about the fact that Olga said he never has any money because Olga's always charging people for month for things. So yeah, what the fuck? I, this is double I can standard, imagine why Olga. she wouldn't want to hang out with him. <laughs> yeah, she's just like I'd be like, oh, don't hang, like, don't talk about how he has a crush on you because he's poor. You don't want that. That's what Olga yeah. really should do. Yeah, I'm just imagining her like making out with him, and right before like he slips the tongue, she like holds up a thing for fifty dollars or something. Like, like, where's my money? Yeah, yeah. So, um, Olga says Pat was difficult and deserved to be expelled. I thought you were gonna and... say and said that she deserved to die. I was like, that would be something that Olga would say. <laughs> yeah. So, and Susie says that she remembers uh, Pat saying something about an iris and a secret. And Olga's like, what the fuck? Wait, I don't know what that yeah. means. So we cut to a dance class full of ballerinas. Sarah comes up to her, and then I wrote the scary lady. <laughs> um, so Miss Tanner says that, like, the people who were on the list are to go and follow her to the yellow room. Um, and Joan Bennett. <laughs> I wrote Madame Blank. <laughs> Madame Blank. Madame Blank. Blanc? Blanc, yeah. Madame Blanc says that she can move in today. So, like, the day before, the day before, Madame Blanc is like, is like, we're forcing you, we don't have space for you, but you're going to live at Olga's apartment, and by the way, we're charging you, even though you're being charged an insane amount of money to go here anyway. And she doesn't have a choice in the matter, and now they're, now she has a room in the actual, like, bunk in the academy, and she has no choice but to move in there either. <laughs> I'm like, what? Well, she says no. She does. Yeah, she says she'd rather stay at Olga's, which I wonder what Olga has to say about that. But uh, Yeah, right? Well, like, if she did stay at Olga's, we wouldn't have the rest of the movie. Yeah, yeah. That would be really funny, wouldn't it, if she just stayed at Olga's and then... Lived happily just, ever after. Started charging to men for money. Went to dance classes, the end. Yeah, like, graduated, <laughs> went on to star in the New York City Ballet, the end. Yeah, yeah. So, um... You know, when she when she says no, uh, Madame Blanc seems very disappointed by this. And Miss Tanner says she had no idea you were so strong willed. My compliments. Yeah, she compliments her. I love that. Like they start randomly and it happens later when like Susie's talking to Madame Blanc and she like mentions the secret and the iris to 
to Madame Blanc, and she's just like, oh, congratulations on giving me this information. They do that. They, like, randomly are like, my compliments, congratulations on things that you normally don't congratulate people for. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's really, really fun. I like that. So um, now we have this, like, really cool red hallway thing. I love everything's very much, like, blue, white, red. Snow White, and I think at this point I'm like, Fantasia? No, Chelsea, it's probably Snow White. Just see it through. I think I was just, like, focusing on that more than anything else. Um, So we got this lady knitting with the Von Trapp kid, and I thought she was knitting, but no, she's polishing a knife. Um, (laughs) Which is It looked like an obelisk or something to me. Yeah, well, I think that it was the steak knife that she was using later on when she almost catches her. Um, And they just won't stop staring at her. And I was just like, they're going to fucking kill her. What's going on? So we see this glare from the sun, a sun reflection off of this knife thing. And it hits her in the face. And then this like weight echo thing starts happening, right? That's what they're saying. Weight. Uh, I couldn't. I think it's wait, 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 wait. I couldn't really make it out. I think it's wait, because that's just like all, and I'm like, wait for what? My doom? Yeah, I never never stopped to try to understand what the chants were saying, because I didn't have any, uh, any subtitles, so. Yeah, well, I think they said wait right before, like, whenever, like, right before either someone got injured or, like, sick. Um, so she has to hold the wall, and, like, her head shakes as she walks, like, she doesn't look good. (laughs) Um, like, what is happening? So then we're in point class. And Miss Tan- Tanner is um, yes. giving giving them like a history lesson on it. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Um, and she says that it's warm up time. And Sarah asks Susie what's wrong. She says it's nothing. It'll stop. She feels weak. If she, if 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 she gets wor- if it gets worse, she'll stop dancing. Um, yeah. So Daniel plays the piano. It's a very Stevie Wonder type thing because he's blind. Um, that's the only connection whatsoever. And then Susie, um, and Susie says she feels weak to Miss Tanner and she needs to rest. And like Miss Tanner's like, no, nah, it's easy. Shut up. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> she's such a fucking bitch. Like she's so out in, of it. It's crazy. In fairness, everyone I've ever known who who's like been a ballerina would talk, tell me the teachers were exactly like that well that's like my musical theater dance classes that's exactly what they did like yeah um and then just like i'm like if she says she doesn't feel good let the bitch sit down um and she keeps like trying to correct Susie and all this stuff and she's just she literally Susie can't literally cannot even like she can't dance she can't anything she's gonna pass out and i love how them as soon as she did as soon as she hit the floor the music stopped yeah. That was really awesome. And she yeah. has blood from her nose and her mouth. Yeah. I mean, she paint. has a weird a weird condition where red paint comes out of her body. <laughs> I think it's a prerequisite to get accepted to this academy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz that makes so, sense. So we see Madame Blanc walking down the hall and they're uh when they we see uh Susie they're trying to force her to drink water in like the most aggressive disturbing way you could possibly make someone drink it's water. It's a, a glass pitcher of water for someone who just had a brain hemorrhage. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> and then the fact that, like, so we meet, what are, what's his butt? The Professor uh, Verdegas. Who looks more like a French tailor at Paris Fashion Week than a doctor. <laughs> I was like, I think I've met that guy at Paris Fashion Week. <laughs> like, um, and it's just, so she has a brain hemorrhage. Why is she not at the hospital? How is she not dead? That's what people die from. <laughs> how is this possible that this is, and then just like you know instead of like fluids and stuff they're like no don't give her food 
It'll make her blood better. Yeah, have bland food and a glass of wine with every meal and you'll be fine. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, I heard no food. And I was like, what? What am it now? And bland food? Also, every time she got brought food to her room, do you notice it was like a giant buffet? Yes. <laughs> I'm like, is that all bland food? I'm very perplexed. Well, that's the thing is I think it had to be bland food and not no food because they actually did give her food. Because they gave her food. That's why, like, when they started giving her food, I was like, I thought they said no food. So bland definitely yeah, but, makes sense. But, but unfortunately, as I said, with no subtitles, neither of us can be really sure. But I'm, I think it was bland food, they said. That does definitely, definitely make more sense. I love yeah, how the, like, wallpaper behind, like, the professor is like this green mermaid scale like thing with the lighting yeah. that's so cool. I wrote like what the fuck is happening? The 70s were a weird time for wallpaper. They really were. It made me like want them but like not want them. Like Cuz I remember we had wallpaper like that in the apartment when I was growing up. That's cool. Like we had like weird 70s wallpaper like in the apartment that I grew up in. Nice. And by the time I eventually moved in there it was gone and it was just painted white but Growing up, there was, like, all weird fucking 70s wallpaper, like, everywhere you'd go. I kind of love that. I feel like you just see that in, like, hotels nowadays or, like, old people who've lived there their whole life. Yeah, well, keep in mind, those old people, a lot of them were probably, like, in their fucking 20s when that shit was fashionable. Yeah. So, you know, they're like, hey, because I think that's one of the things that happens to a lot of us is our, our impression of what is cool kind of freezes at a certain age. Yeah, with certain things, absolutely. Like, even if you look at, like, I, like a lot of, you know, it's one of those things, like, I was never big on a lot of old films. Um, but when I found, when I got into film classes and I started watching stuff from, like, the 40s and everything, and I saw, like, the young women in the movies in the 40s all dressed and looked like my grandmother. Yeah. But, like, my grandmother, you know what I mean? Like, my grandmother, who is now in her 60s and 70s at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, still had the still had the general style she had when she was in her twenties. That's so cool. And I think that's kind of what we do. Is a lot of us we we either give up completely, <laughs> you know, we just lose all hope. <laughs> yeah, like some of, some of us just when we get to a certain age, we we end up looking like Lenny Leonard from Ring of Honor, or Jesus um, fuck. you know, or we you know that's where it's just like all right, time to whip out the sweatpants and like <laughs> time to give up. That's that's my life from now on. Mom, I'm just gonna my wear. Dinner? I'm a 45. Yeah, I'm just man. gonna wear a sweater and sweatpants, and if I if I spill food on it, then fuck whoever cares, you know. Or you stay fashionable, but you stay fashionable in your idea of what fashionable was from your youth. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Very few people are like the Carl, you know, Lagenfeld type thing, where they still, you know, they in their seventies the or times, yeah. Yeah, very few people. I've tried to do that. Well, I feel like it's my job as a model to do that, but yeah. I'm just like, no, they're going to put the clothes on me that are fashionable. I don't yeah. have to own them. I'm going to dress yeah. in my fucking tank top and shorts. But like, well, that's the th well, that's the thing. Like, as my general look, I've tried to stay, I've tried to evolve, but every now and then I still find myself going back. Like, when you first met me, I was definitely dressing the way I did in high school. <laughs> um, yeah. Wait, because you remember when I briefly went through kind of my, like, jeans and t-shirt kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it, and with like my the leather jacket and everything, and it was literally just how I dressed in high school. Love that, you know. And before that, I was all goth and everything, and like it was just kind of like. And now I'm more wearing suits and stuff, so it's. You do wear suits now. Well, when we shoot, you wear suits. 
Yeah, well, when, you, when you've seen me, I still dress nicely, though. You do dress nicely. He's the only time I don't. Yeah, the only time I don't, like, get all dressed up is when I have to, like, carry heavy shit. Because I'm like, you know, if I'm, if I'm carrying shit to your apartment, I'm not going to fucking put a blazer on while I carry, you no, know. No, it's in the backpack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, so, you know. But how many times have I done that? I've gotten to your place and I'll put the fucking blazer on yeah. once I, yeah. Precisely. Well, that's a smart thing you, to do. Because you want to look good, you know? So I think, um, <laughs> uh, wow, we really went on a tangent here from, uh, about from the wallpaper. wallpaper. Yeah. I was like, what, but, um, what movie is this? <laughs> it's a movie about wallpaper, Chelsea. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, Sarah comes over, turns out they're next door neighbors. And Susie, it turns out, didn't want to live in a boarding school because she views it as being like a 10-year-old. Yes. So then, uh, whatever his butt is, brings her food. Pablo. Pablos. Pablo. Like, Pavlov? Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so, Sarah has this really cool, like, lighter that has a clock on it. I love that. Um, and Pavlov's, like, looking at it. Um, and we hear, again, that this restrictive diet will build up her blood. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. So, but she's being forced to eat in her room. Um, so, again, there's, so there's this, like, really crazy, annoying supper warning bell. Like, showing that Sarah has to be down and, like, dressed for dinner in 15 minutes. And I also made a note of the fact that I love the word supper. It's just so much better than the word dinner. You know? Like, something about the word supper. It just makes me feel... What did you say at home? Both. Both? Yeah. Was there a, um... Was there a difference between supper and dinner? No. Or, were they, or they just interchangeable? I think mom was just like, it's supper time, it's dinner time. Yeah. Just interchangeable. What about you? Uh, dinner. Dinner. It was always dinner. Yeah. yeah. I just put, side note, I just put the, like, you know, on this, like, on Skype, how there's, like, the main screen, and then there's, like, that little screen with the person's face on it. Not your own yeah. face, but the other screen. I just put the little screen next to your big screen, and now there's two of you, and it's really terrifying. There's, like, mini <laughs> Charles and, like, regular size <laughs> Charles. I've never done this before in all of our weeks of doing this, and I'm, like, I'm in Suspiria right now. <laughs> Something bad is happening. <laughs> But I'm not gonna change it. If I randomly start laughing, that's why though. Um, well, you're you're gonna you're gonna have to wait till just the cacophony of music starts playing. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. Because th- this gob we haven't talked about Goblin yet because they do the soundtrack. They do the this. soundtrack. Yeah. And it's very busy. <laughs> it's so insane. This fucking soundtrack. Yeah. There's so much going on in the music here. Like it's hard to even describe like how much stuff is going on. Um. But uh, before we take a break, let's talk very briefly about um, the next scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Sarah goes off to change, and we have a nice shot of Susie combing her hair. <laughs> and then the windows begin to vibrate, and suddenly the room is blue. So good. And we see Sarah combing her hair. We see uh, Sarah combing her hair, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Susie then notices her hair has maggots in it. Yay! Maggots. And, and there are several in her comb. I would, ru- I would run my ass into the shower. Well, yeah, that's like, why I'm like, why is no one, like, going to the shower, you know? And you know what I like, thought also? I was just like, I was like, is this just in their heads? And then I was like, oh, cool, it's everyone. It's actually happening. Yeah, like, I thought, well, my first thought would be, like, I would go into the shower. I wouldn't even look, like, I wouldn't even think to look at the ceiling. I would think I had maggots in my hair. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, so I would just fucking run right into the shower to take care of it. 
Yeah, 100%. 100%. But it's, like, I love the shot of, like, of of the, like, of um Madame Blanc and everyone going down the hallway and all the girls are freaking the fuck out. Yeah, I love well, I mean, that. How? Uh, there's... That's a lot of maggots. It was a lot of maggots. So it's on the whole floor. So there are people investigating it. And then she goes up to the attic and sends pizza guy, like, sells a pizza guy to not let anyone else up here. Um, and I love that it's blue in the attic. And there's yeah. just so many maggots. I felt bad for the maggots, but I like the shoes, like the shot of the shoes crushing them. Yeah. Um, and she opens a wooden crate, and that's where all the maggots are. That's the source of the maggots. Yeah, I, I was like, I don't know if there's a body in there or something, but whatever it is, is just covered in maggots. Well, we never really find out exactly what it is. She says that it's food, spoiled food. Yeah, she says it's spoiled food, but I, I don't imagine it was. No. See, that's another question where I was just like, I was like, why, why, why aren't you telling us what it is? I want to know what it is. Yeah, so Madame Blank, um, they're turning the practice hall into a, a dormitory. Yes. Yeah, and so they're all going to sleep together. Which is great. Yeah. So cute. Yeah. Love yeah. that so much. Um, yeah. Uh, so, th- what did, oh, so she's, I love how she says, go to a, ho- a hotel if you want, but we can all sleep together. And I was like, yeah. what? That's creepy. Um, she goes through asking people if they're all right. And I love that one girl being like, it's so comfortable here. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, so Susie asks if the teachers live there, and Sarah says no. They all leave at the same time every night at 9.30 after, like, you know. After supper, at, like clockwork. Like clockwork. And so Madame Blanc shuts off the lights, and it's just such a cool red silhouette with the men on the other side of the sheet. Yeah, I wrote they turn off the regular lights in the dorm section and turn on the bright red lights where the men are. <laughs> yeah. They're making their own red light district. Yes. Yes. And yes. it's just, and so pizza guy like, like peers over the curtain. I'm like, how the fuck did he get up there? <laughs> That's a like ladder. a 20 fucking foot fucking thing. Like, do you have a magic carpet that we don't know about? Oh, he did a ladder. A ladder against so, a sheet? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So uh, we see shots of the sleeping students. There's red lights everywhere. Um, we see. A shadow, um, and then that shadow becomes a person laying down, and the score is so incredibly busy. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote, I can't imagine anyone sleeping with this plague on the soundtrack. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, that's just like, not I, realistic. Like, I'm just trying to imagine someone sleeping, and then the score starts playing. I'm like, what, what the fuck? What, what, what's happening? <laughs> like, we're all, like, you just brought us in here to die. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Sarah wakes up as she hears um, it's what sounds like crying or wheezing or something. Um, mm-hmm. And this kind of becomes a thing of Sarah just waking Susie up all the time to talk up to her about stuff. Yeah, I'm like, why don't you just, like, wait until... Well, also, you see that Susie goes to bed super early. Yeah. <laughs> like, I understand. And Sarah definitely has some paranoia shit going on. We find out later that some shit has happened in her life. But, um... Yeah. But she wakes her up, and I really like the two-shot of them. Like, the close-up of them with the red light. Oh, yeah, That was yeah. really nice. Um, and but, you know... But, you know, I mean, she's talking about how the directress is behind the sheet. And I just kept thinking, is that a scary thing? I mean, she's the directress. She should. She kind of has the right to be at the school. I didn't hear the directress ever. I heard the treacherous. Well, she said directress. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it was. But I was like, oh, so it's a bad thing. It's a treacherous thing. But I'm just like, you know, like, Jesus, like, she's. 
goes to the school. Relax, relax, fucking Sarah. Jesus. Yeah, I understand though. If Sarah's been there for like what two, three years, and she's never seen yeah. the directress, like yeah. I get it. I'd be like, this person isn't real. It's a vampire. We're all gonna die. <laughs> you know, I get it. So she recognizes I, this whistle, and it's this I, whistle in this snore. I like that. That's your go-to. Is she's a vampire, and we're all gonna die. Yeah. Why not? Keeps it interesting. Yeah. So at, on that note, let's, uh, let's go to a word from our sponsor, and we will be right back after this. And we are back. Yes, we are back, everyone. Yeah, so when we were last talking, we were, I was talking about how, you know, if uh, the directress um, is there, I don't know why it's such a weird thing. I mean, okay, she has been at the Academy for a couple years, but the directress is the directress of the Academy. I don't know why it's weird and that so she would just <laughs> show up. It ultimately means that, like, no one who's even been there for three years in this three-year Academy has ever seen her. Yeah. So I'm like, what is the excuse? Like, month to month, where is she now? Where is she now? How Have these people never met her? She's ultimately, like, you assume if it's, like, a dance Academy. I at least know what, like, a theater Academy or, like, school the head of that academy or school has to be the ultimate one to approve your admittance. Yeah. So you didn't meet the person who ultimately admitted you. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. know. So, so we get a shot of that good dog again, whose name we don't know. The best Um, boy. And Madam, Madam Blanc is talking to Daniel on the fumigator. Uh, And Sarah um, sees Miss Tanner and asks her if the director slept there last night. And, uh, Tanner, uh, Miss Tanner says no, um, which, you know, I, I can see why that's a, honestly, it's one of those things in movies where it's like, if she had just said, yes, she was here, but she's gone now. No one would be investigating anything. <laughs> it's, it, this is a plot point, boys and girls. This is important to the plot. No, I mean, like, but that would have been like, you think about it from Madame Blanc's perspective, that would have been the smart thing. Yeah. If you just say like. Say. Oh yes, the directress was. She heard about the maggot. She came last night, but she's she's already back in in Italy or or Sweden or wherever. Well, I guess this makes me like question like why, especially when we find out this whole, you know, the plot at the end and this whole other fucking place in this academy. Why didn't that night with the maggots? Why didn't the directress sleep elsewhere? Because mm-hmm. it just affected the like that one floor where the students yeah. stayed. Yeah, I don't why? know. I don't know why Argento. Why? Yeah, you'll you'll have to ask Dario about that. So, uh, so we see the old woman whose name I don't know, and Albert, who is the little sound of music boy, and they yes. walk past the dog. Uh, we see a red hallway, uh, and then Miss Tanner storms into the studio, ordering Daniel to stop playing. And she says the dog took a piece out of Albert's hand and she orders. Well, Dan- you just, yeah. you ultimately, like, you ultimately see them just like, because the only time that you ever see this, like, nameless, like, knife woman and the sound of music boy is like, they're just like blankly or mm-hmm. not even blankly. I, that's the wrong word. I apologize. It's always, they're like staring with like the thought of death in their eyes yeah like and you never see anything else really from them and so that's what they're doing when they look at this dog yeah so i'm like they're gonna fucking kill the dog that's what i thought too yeah absolutely but then i thought about you and i thought that like you would never let me watch something where an animal was harmed and we saw it and all that so yeah 
So Mrs. Tanner orders Daniel and his dog to leave. She throws the cane and uh, he says he's blind, not deaf, which pretty much is a threat. Well, and it should have been like, I would have loved, I would have loved and been here for like, if Daniel was the only person who survived this movie. Yeah. And his dog. Yeah. That's it. That would have been the ideal situation for me. Yeah. Would have, no. Well. Well, I love that he calls her a bitch. Yes. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, And he always, like, let me out of this gutter place. And then it also just, like, I know there are several, I'm not well educated at this, but there are several, like, different ways and different, I don't want to say levels. I don't know what the proper vernacular is in which people are blind. Mm-hmm. You know, but he's obviously, I mean, we learned from the get-go, he's, like, okay to, like, go places without the dog when he leaves the dog without water outside. We'll never get uh, I'll never get over that. Um, but then he's able to like not trip and fall over his cane after she throws it. Yeah. You know, and I, I mean, I assume a deaf person would know from the vibration of where it fell. Yes. I mean, a blind person, a blind person would know from the, the vibration of where it fell. Or like just the sound it made, absolutely. Or like you weren't you weren't wrong. Like a deaf person, like certain again, don't know the proper vernacular. Please educate us. Um, like levels of like deafness or whatever that like if you can't hear it, you could maybe feel the vibration. Yeah. 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 So. But I love um, that he called her a bitch. That was amazing. Yeah. So now we call we cut to Susie with Pavlov. Um, she's complaining about the food. There's a close up of wine being drunk. And uh, so Sarah comes out and points out to uh, Susie that the teachers are going away because it's 9.30. And uh, I realize Susie is, like, sound asleep at 9.30 at this point. Well, we never find out whether or not she's actually being drugged. I 100% assume she's being drugged. Well, no, she's definitely being drugged. But I'm like, if we're going with the whole idea of, like, a coven and witchcraft, like, that's cheating. You're cheating. You're ruining, like, the whole, like, mysticism of the whole idea. The whole thing. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, she's definitely being drugged, but we never find out if she's being drugged. Yeah. Um, well, she's wide awake once she gets rid of the wine later on, so. Exactly. So that's, I mean, it's yeah. assumed. Yeah. But so, so, so she realizes that, like, oh, they're going out the, you know, like Sarah's like, they're leaving, it's 930, and Susie's like, no, they're, they're not going out the front door. That's to the left, and their steps are going to the right. Yeah. And I love Sarah's line, Jesus, Susie, you're a genius. <laughs> like, she hasn't figured that out in two years. Which is just, it's... So, they go through this whole thing, and they're like, if they don't leave, where do they go? And Susie is dead asleep, and uh, and Sarah keeps waking her up. And I'm, I, I wrote there, I said, she's drugged, Rufalin, help. That's what I wrote. <laughs> um... And so, of course, Sarah's like, where the fuck do the teachers actually go if they don't actually leave? So she takes out a journal and jots something down. And then we have another, like, really great shot of, like, the hallway and all that stuff. Well, there's shots of, like, all the various rooms we've seen before. It's actually very beautiful. Um, And it's Snow White, motherfuckers. So then we see a dark room, uh, and then we see the moon. And then we see, at first I was like, are the men at the Academy doing an Oktoberfest theme? But then it turns out that, oh, it's Daniel in a bar. 
um, or a church or whatever. One of the two. I couldn't. No, really it's tell. a beer garden. Oh, okay. I've never been to one, so I wouldn't know. No, it's very much like a Munich beer garden. Oh, okay. Thing, and those are like the I've seen like that exact dance in person yeah. and laughed so hard and got scowled at. Yeah. Because that's some. No offense, everyone. I am German. I am. So no offense to anyone in Germany, but that's actually like it's a, it's similar to a dance that I've seen. But that's just like a really great, um, classic dance. It seems violent. It does to a lot of people who don't know what it is, and I don't know either. But Daniel's with the good boy. Yeah. And so I I immediately wrote, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> What's going to happen? So we get this, like, music box type music playing, and then we're in the Munich town square, which is where I was like, oh, shit, I know where this is. And it's so weird to, like, I was there for literally probably 10 minutes, but... How much has it changed in the, like, 40 years since this was made? Well, the buildings are still there. Mm -hmm. Like, the two buildings that are in focus are still there. Yeah. Um, but I'm and, saying there's but, not like anything new in there. Since yeah, then? there's it's a huge town square with shops, b- like beer gardens, restaurants, mm-hmm. like flea markets, um, like greenery. It's nothing like that's why I was like, it, I was perplexed for a moment. I was like, the f- I the is this Brooklyn? No, nope, this is actually not Brooklyn. This is what I have. Well, none of the film was shot in Brooklyn. But, I, I know that, but yeah. it looks, a lot of it looks like the Brooklyn Museum. At least that one building does from like, or I thought it was maybe Vienna because I've been yeah. to Vienna as well. But I, you know, I recognize the buildings, but I wasn't alive in the 70s. So. Yeah. So the area but, around there has changed a lot. And since so it's, it's vastly different. And it was also so weird for me to see nobody else. Yeah. In the town square. You know, in, like, city center. There was nobody there. Yeah. It was, it's just, like, I knew something bad was going to happen. I was actually pleased by the outcome. Sorry to say. But I was, like, oh, no. I mean, you kind of know. I kind of knew from the first time we met Daniel and he left his dog without water outside. I was, like, something bad's going to happen. But it can't Mm. be that bad because Charles is allowing me to watch this movie. (laughs) I mean, it's not like I would, it's not like I, I, you know, I mean, we've watched films where animals have died, but it's like, if it's a violent lingering death, I'm not going to have you watch that, you know? Like yes. if, like if we watched like say Pet Cemetery or something, like we know the cat's going to die. Spoiler for Pet Cemetery, you know? But if it was something comes back to life and then dies again, spoiler. But but if it was something like, you know, as I said, like a shot of like, ooh, someone twisting its head off, or I wouldn't, you know, have that. I had like a random, like, you know, some Instagram algorithm is like absolutely insane and it sometimes doesn't make any sense. I have now people like the algorithm is recommending that I watch hunting videos where people kill rabbits. Oh, Jesus. How does that make any sense? It doesn't at all. It doesn't make any sense. I don't want to see that shit. Yeah. I don't want to see it in movies. I don't want to see it in anything. So I'm really pleased at the outcome of this. But, like, the, like, events that occur, I guess you can call them events, up until what happens to Daniel are actually quite beautiful. Like, with the, just, I mean, the dog barking and the silhouette, the shadows, rather, on the buildings. Yeah. Like, it was all really great. 
Yeah, the shadows, um, you can tell that they, they looked at, like, old, um, you know, like, 16th century, like, witch, uh, like, paintings and stuff, because that's obviously what they were trying to, you know, the witches on, on broomsticks and shit, like, in the shadows and stuff. Um, yeah, in the middle of the city center of Munich. Yeah. Which is just, I think that it just, like, it was haunting, it was beautiful, I loved it. Yeah, and, and there's a, once again, there's a lot going on in the soundtrack during this scene. Um, but you also get the wait, wait, wait echo thing. Yeah. That happens right before anything bad happens. Yeah, um, which, you know, the more I think about it, the more it's probably not wait. It might be an Italian word or something, too. It might be, but it. it sounds like wait. Because thinking about it, it's, it was an Italian film, even if it's shot in uh, in Germany. And it's not like they would have randomly have dubbed that. Like, if they're going to put a word in there, I don't think they would have dubbed an English word, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm curious as to what it is. Yeah. Stay tuned, So, at a certain point, we, uh, you know, his dog uh, turns on him and bites out his throat. Um, and I was highly amused at the obviously fake dog on his neck. I was highly amused by that, but I was more highly amused at the one shot where it was actually the good boy um, yeah. eating, like, raw meat that yes. they obviously gave him as a treat in the yes. same spot. Yes, I, but I love how, like, you can't, you either see the dog, you either see Daniel and the fake dog, or you see the dog eating raw meat, but Daniel is not in the shot. And then when you see, when you see the dog eating the raw meat... You can also tell that the like the leash he's on is taut where someone is still holding it. Yes. <laughs> Which is just like I'm like, oh uh, that's that's really great. Yeah, but I'm happy the dog got to eat got to eat a yummy meal and uh yeah, he's still a good boy. Witchcraft is an exception as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it's not his fault and he's still a good boy. That's his name forever and always, amen. Yeah, so we cut now to Olga saying wolfhounds are crazy. Um Fuck you, Olga. Yeah, and uh, Susie's, uh, Susie's looking at herself in the mirror. Now, Sarah suggests maybe there was a hex on him or a hex on the place. Yeah, and, like there's a hex on the whole building. Yeah, so Madame Blank asks Miss Tanner to leave, um, and Miss Tanner does not seem happy about it. And Susie no. wants to know what's going on with Pat's investigation. Yes, she does. She wants to know, because, uh, you know, she figured out, and she never talked to Madame Blank. I talked about this earlier in the episode, but... You know, that, you know, there was someone that, who wasn't one of the teachers. Yeah. In this. Yeah. And she, and, and, uh, she tells, uh, Madame Blanc about the, uh, secrets and the irises. Yes. I wrote about the swimsuits first. Well, yeah. Well, that's the next scene, uh, where they're in the most 70s looking bathing suits. I, I, I want really bad. I want those bathing suits. They don't look like bathing suits. Like it's just it's. I can't even compare it to anything else because it's nobody has like restarted that fashion trend for probably good reason. Hmm. Um, but they're so good. I love them. Interesting fun fact about. I don't know if they did this in uh, Germany and Italy, but um, I always thought this was like a weird thing that some like deviant predator must have come up with but i know swim classes in like at least the 70s uh were nude whoa in like american schools what yeah like the students were supposed to be nude during the classes they were they were segregated by gender and uh you know like the boys would swim with the boys and the girls would swim with the girls but everyone would be nude 
except the teachers. And the 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 reasoning for it was something along the lines of like um uh you know they like clothing slows you down as you swim, which is true. But same thing with body hair. Body hair slows you down when you swim too. So they like all were like, oh, one guy shaves, so we're all gonna shave. Yeah. So the uh, men on swim teams would shave um, just as much as women did. Yeah. My mind is blown. Yeah, but like when I first heard that, I um, it was from Gary on the Howard Stern show because he was when he was in high school, he was in the swim team, and he talked about that, and I was like, wait a minute, what? That sounds creepy. And I looked it up, and apparently that was like a policy up until like the eighties. The eighties did something maybe right. Like, and I'm talking like not even this. We're not even talking about like a weird place. He grew up in Long Island, like wow. in Long Island in New York, like in you know it was just an accepted. Yeah, I thing. would assume it was like some random fucking state. Yeah, no, no offense it, to any of you in a random fucking state. Yeah, but no, but apparently it was just a random thing in the United States. I don't know if they did this in in uh in Europe or not, but. Students would be nude during swim classes, which once again seems like the type of thing I only imagine some predator teacher came up with. Because, you know, like no, it seems... his name is Leonard and he's from Ring of Honor. Let Let's not get into <laughs> into slander category here, but you know, but like I I can't imagine like that. Can you like I mean think about how awkward like high school was and like. Well, you'd all just, like, I feel like be comparing each other's, like, waist sizes for women. Like, if you had a bush, which everyone in the 70s did, like, Mm -hmm. your boobs. And then, like, I assume that, like, if you had a rich rich mommy and daddy, as soon as you could get implants, you would if you didn't have big boobs. And then for men, like, you're constantly comparing each other's dick sizes. Yeah, did they have have breast implants in the 70s? I think they did, yes. I know they had them in the 80s. I don't know if they had them in the 70s. Well, I have, like, so, of course, my, like, my grandparents passed away, and my my aunts and my mother all went through their house, and my grandfather had crates upon crates upon crates in the attic of old Playboys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have one from 1967, and mm-hmm. it's Playboys 3, and most of the women have implants in them. Hmm, interesting, interesting. Yeah. I wasn't yes. sure when those uh, actually became a thing. Well, they definitely, like, you know, you can tell the difference. Most people can tell the difference. Yeah. And I'm just like, nope, those are not real. The woman on the cover tits are not real. Yeah. So, so and that's 60-something. Hmm. So. I'll have to yeah. look that up. Um, yes. But, yeah, so talk about this scene since you were enamored with the swimsuits. Well, I, I just, I love, I, I was enamored with, the swim swimsuits very much, and so we find out plot point. Ah, plot. Yes, I uh, found out. I found out when silicone breast implants were invented. Nineteen sixty one. Ah, and the first um implantation was nineteen sixty two. So yeah, so your grandfather would have been right around that time. Okay, so maybe I actually have like a pot of gold in my hands because <laughs> my like my like step uncle is trying to like sell the lot of and I told him I was like if anyone should like sell these for profit it's me but he decided to like to take on this undertaking of his own I'm like you just want to jerk off in this but <laughs> so I took one thing I took one Playboy and he was like which one did you take 
And I was like, this one? He was like, oh, that's not worth anything. But guess what, Uncle Tom? <laughs> it's right on the cusp of the silicone, yeah. bitch. Yeah, so... Um, so, but we learn a lot about Sarah and what actually went down that night, mm-hmm. which is huge. I also just like, I, I mean, I really, I felt like the scene was just kind of thrown in there. Yeah. Even though it's majorly important, I feel like it was just kind of thrown in there to like make sure the audience was paying attention, which I kind of love. Um, and so we learn that, what was her name? Pat? Uh, Pat, yeah, is the one who died. That Pat was talking to Sarah when she was, when Susie was actually seeing her at the door before Pat ran away to her doom. And then we find out, Sarah admits, I don't know why it took her so long, maybe it's a a building trust thing. But I feel like that's kind of a big thing. Like, you just didn't let this woman, like, come to where she's supposed to be. Um, But we find out that Sarah is the one on the intercom that did not. Let Susie in. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. So I wrote, because uh, I kept thinking about this, I would really be like, can you not involve me in your murder mystery? <laughs> I don't know any of these people. <laughs> like, I just got well, here like just, a day ago. I just got here. Like, can <laughs> I have a bath? Like, it it really, like, you know, I get, I get why Sarah's doing it, but it's just like, Jesus Christ, like, this girl just wants to learn to dance. And you're, like, involving her in all this, like, fucking life and death, literal life and death drama. Yeah, and I'm just like, I'm like, you know, it was kind of, it was a hard thing for me, because I was just like, you get these, you get these feelings, your intuition about people, you know? And so I'm like, maybe Sarah's intuition was like, Susie, someone I can trust. You know, but she literally, how many days has it been? Couple of days. Yeah. She just got there. It's too quick, Sarah. It's a little too quick. Yeah. Like, you know, she's, she's, I mean, she's coming in the room giving entire speeches to someone who's sleeping. Like, she's, you know. And it's not even like they're bunkmates. She's yeah. in, a, in an entirely separate room. I also want to like point out the fact that as someone who's lived in Germany for an extended amount of time, you don't. I lived in a really, really nice like B and B. I had a roommate. You don't live alone unless you're fucking rich, and you know. <laughs> no. It just, it's unrealistic, and apparently, and most places have keys. It's all, like, that actual, like, skeleton Mm -hmm. key, like, type thing. But the, but it's just completely unrealistic that she just would somehow always be in Susie's bedroom. Yeah. Yeah, so. But, Sarah, you do what you have to do. Yeah, so Sarah's asking Susie if she knows anything about witches, and, uh. At this point, she hears giggling, and Sarah turns off the regular lights, and then the green lights come on. I kind of, I kind of love that. That's how the lighting works at this school: is when you just turn off one light, a different colored light comes on. Like I feel like I could have like learned a lot more had that happened to me in my college career. Yeah. So, um, you know, um, I do love the shots. Um, they have a shot of the room to the light bulb, which is a really cool shot. Um, yes. And Sarah sees the light in her room go on and gets terrified. So she leaves the room. We see someone enter Susie's room, but we don't know who it is. Sarah's now running through the red hallway, and she goes to a door that won't open. Now Sarah's running from stuff we can't see, and she runs up onto the maggot floor. 
Um, the maggot floor. Yes. I love that. We I want to s- make that something that we don't like in future. Want to be like, like when we want to talk about someone we don't like, we'll just call it the maggot floor. <laughs> so we see a woman walking. We see a knife. Sarah walks through a blue tinted uh, maggot floor, and a secret door opens with light pulses from the seat from inside it. She's attacked. She goes through the weakest glass since Chuck Norris and falls through a lot <laughs> of glass. Um, Naturally, as you do. Yeah, so she goes into a new room. She's bleeding. The person now is trying to shove a knife through the door to open the lock, and they're doing it super slow and super casually. <laughs> yeah, they're like, they're like, my name is Michael Myers. Yeah, so she's yes. she curls up in a ball as the person very carefully attempts to open the door, but then she, she well, no, she also curls up in a ball in the if you notice like everything on either side of her, like in the frame that made it into this like final shot. There are places she could better hide than mm-hmm. out in the open. Like, she just obviously, she's like, I want to die. Yeah, so, oh, excuse me. Um, so she notices a random window above her and a conveniently placed box. So she starts taking a lot of time to do what looks like construction so she can get into the window easily. Um, yeah, but I really liked, I really liked, like, as soon as the boxes, like, fell, that it just was silent. You, Again, another moment where, like, the score is just gone. You know what I love about that is I'm convinced those boxes were not supposed to fall, and they just kept that take. Well, that's that's what I was also assuming and hoping for as well. Yeah. Like, I'm, that's, I mean, that's, that's a take we wind up, wind up taking in everything. It's just, it's the best. Yeah, because I'm sure there are probably takes where the boxes stayed where they were, but I think the box falling makes it more realistic, so I think they probably kept that. I also wonder, it made me think about while I was, like, watching her stacking the boxes, I was like, what qualified as, like, stunts where you needed a stunt person back then? Because I know nowadays, something like that, you either have to be paid, like, like an exorbitant amount of more money in order to, like, as an actor, like, in the union and a big You movie. are forgetting that this is a movie made in Italy during the 70s? I know. That's why I'm wondering. Yeah. That's my question. I'm because, just like because I'm like, I don't think there was a stunt person. I think that was the actress because Italy. Like if if there's a film called Salo, I don't know if you've ever seen it or not. No, but it's um I'll show it to you one day. It's it's a very fucked up film. Um, but the director didn't tell any of the extras anything that was going to happen to them until five minutes before shooting. Okay. And it would yeah, be okay. and it would be stuff like, okay, you're going to be like forcibly stripped naked and then we're going to make it look like you're eating shit and then someone's going to beat you up. <laughs> I'd be like, "Where is my like sag bump? <laughs> make me union just because of this." Yeah, like but that's what it was like. Like then they wouldn't Everyone if you have questions about the union and all that, just google it. We're not explaining it. The... But yeah, that's And in fact, the director purposely didn't hire actors. He hired just local townspeople for those scenes to be extras because he felt That's worse. Because he felt actors would only pretend to be horrified and embarrassed. So Where did this take place? Where was this? It was shot in Italy in the 70s. Like 1974 uh, or something like that, I think. Well, I think... I don't know. I'd have to Google what it was like in Germany in the 70s, but I don't know. Well, keep in mind, though, but it's an Italian crew, even though it's shooting in uh, in Germany. But you still have to abide by, like, every country's law. Yeah. But I'm, it's the 70s, I know. But, you know, it's just a thought that crossed my mind. I was just like, 
nowadays, nowadays, so like I used to date a guy who was a piece of shit who was a supernumerary at the Met Opera, right? And like he got an additional like like seventy five dollars a show for like lifting a crate. Yeah. You know, so that's what immediately went through my head. Where nowadays it would never be her actually doing it. Yeah, no, I mean, I've been on sets where I I was on a set where like there was a ladder in the middle of the shot and the director was calling for which department had to move the ladder. And I was just like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, Jeez. oh, you know what? I've been meaning to ask you for literally probably a couple years now that I haven't asked you. You've, like, done, like, still photo extra work type things, right? Yeah, I've done that. So, I know you've never seen The Office, but there's a shot of a bunch of men, like, posing in a still photo in The Office, and the guy who's in the center of it, I'll I'll figure out what episode it is, but I'm like, that's Charles. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm like, that's Charles. It's it's absolutely you. It could be me. It could not. I don't know. I've 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 just um, the last background extra thing I did. The episode. The no, it was. I I mean, the office has been off the air for so many years. But the episode is called Gettysburg. Yeah, but I mean, Gettysburg. There there was. uh, I mean, if you can send me the picture, a picture of that shot, I'll I'll take a look at it. But um, someone sent you. Someone sent me a thing I did like two years ago when I was still doing background extra work and uh, they were, you know, it was like a shot on some like, you know, police procedural where I'm like a white supremacist or something. That's hilarious. I'm like, I'm yeah. a, well, this I'm a deceased... would have been like 15, 15 years ago. Oh, well that wouldn't have been me. That wouldn't have it been me. It looks just like you. Yeah. Well, no, I'm trying to think, no, it wasn't, no, it wouldn't, it was not. The first season debuted 15 years ago. So this was season eight or season nine yeah. so it might still be you it might the, be it, it might be but every time every time i like see it because i fall asleep watching it yeah literally every night i'm like and when that episode comes up i'm like that's charles i should tell him and i always forget yeah i don't know but I'll it's to, you I'll have to take it's a look. you there there's been plenty of things i've been on from documentaries to there's an hbo thing i've never seen um where they were stopping people and asking what the contents of their backpack was. And I happen to have like waist cinchers and scalpels and stuff. Um, so I have never seen that episode, but at clubs, people came up to me and were like, oh my God, were you on this HBO thing? And I'm like, uh, I remember shooting that. <laughs> I've never That's seen hilarious. it to this day. I've never seen it. Um, and I shot Jesus. That was 19 years ago. I shot that. Aww. And I've never fucking seen it. Um, but, um, yeah, because I remember they were, like, asking uh, uh, where... I was with this girl from Rome, actually, who had no gag reflex. Um, and uh, the first thing Love she... Those. The very first thing she volunteered to me was that you, I could strangle her and it wouldn't hurt her. Like, within, like, five minutes of talking to me, she's volunteering that I could strangle her and it wouldn't hurt her. Um, That's intense. I was just gonna bring it back to the whole no gag reflex thing that you just nonchalantly threw out there. And I used to do that as well. I'd be like, I have no gag reflex. And I was like, no, I I do. Yeah. So every person does. So we were walking down, we were walking down the street and the HBO people stopped me and they were like, what do you, you know, can we uh, show what's in your bag? And I'm like, sure. And I had like waist cinchers and scalpels and stuff. And 
I remember they were like, so what does the stuff... And I was decided I would only give, like, obnoxious answers. So they were like, what do you feel the stuff in your bag says about you? And I'm like, that even though I am not a doctor, I carry the tools of one. I'm and, so sad I've never seen and, this. I wonder if it's still accessible. And then they asked, uh, well, where are you heading now? And I just pointed and go, that way. <laughs> well, no wonder people came up to you. I mean, like, that's just like, uh, that's like. Well, yeah, if I'm going to be on the show, I'm going to be, I'm going to stand out. I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, I'm on my way to, you know. I'm going to go buy groceries. I'm going to Dylan's Candy Bar. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I was like... I'm going to go get a cold brew. And in truth, I I didn't lie about any of them. <laughs> I was heading I'm that... I'm going that way. I, was... I am a doctor who's not a doctor. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's people came up to me, and uh, it was like this girl from Rome with like bright dyed fire engine red hair and, um, and thick black eyebrows, which I always... I have a thing for thick black eye, uh, black eyebrows. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just an interesting, uh, <laughs> it was an interesting thing I've never seen. So who knows? That could be me on The Office. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> I think that it is. Because every time I'm like falling asleep, I'm like, I should, it's literally been several, it's been more than two years. It's been like four years. Yeah. Where I've been like, that's Charles I should tell. Yeah, I don't know. As I fall asleep. I don't know. It, defi- we'll it definitely is. Anyway, so yeah. Suspiria so, is the movie we're talking about. So she starts climbing up this uh, the boxes, and the boxes fall a little bit, which is cool. And uh, so she j- goes through the window, and she lands into a room filled with razor wire. And I'm like, that's a, actually... That's a neat trick. <laughs> and it literally, like, it's like a, like, you know, like a serial killer, like, perfect trap type thing. But it looks literally like an unwound giant human slinky. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so we cut now to Susie, and uh, then the killer comes in and slashes her throat. Um, because this movie is nothing well, is we about... Well, the hand over her mouth. Yeah. Well, this movie that. is about nothing if not overkill. If someone's going to get killed, they're not just going to get, like... Well, you also then, to add to the overkiller, forgetting the fact that, like, we have a good, like, 90 seconds to two minutes of her struggling through the slinky. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I And I'm... I think it's supposed to be barbed wire. Well, that's what... No, it's, uh, it's razor wire. It's definitely razor wire. Because if it was so, barbed... So, like, it's supposed to cut you? Yeah, razor but wire... But she didn't start... They didn't have squibs or anything. She wasn't bleeding. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that it's still going to dig into your flesh. If it was barbed wire, it would have had barbs on it. Well, yeah, I just, like, I just assumed, because that's something that you more so now see, but, like, and I thought about razor wire, but I was like, there'd be paint coming out of her body. Yeah, no, it was definitely razor wire. Well, the paint wouldn't come out until she pulled it out of her wounds. But she did pull it out of her wound several times in the several yeah. positions she went through. Yeah. I just had to say that. Sorry. Love you, actress who played Sarah. Yeah, so, um, she, uh, yeah, so... You know, she gets her throat slashed. But it was really cool. It yeah. was cool. So we cut to Susie in the morning, and uh, Mrs. Tanner uh, says that Sarah disappeared. She left this morning without telling anyone. Packed her bags, was around 6 a.m., and, uh, you know, she even has a hot delivery boy uh, say that he was a witness. I wrote cute boy pizza, obviously being made to lie. <laughs> yeah, so Susie calls for someone named Frank Mandel. Who we've never heard of. Yeah, but apparently he knows Sarah somehow. 
Um, but how does... I, it really upset me that, like, we didn't... That, like, Sarah never mentioned him. Yeah. It, well, nowadays that wouldn't fly. But so Frank Mendel. Yeah. So she calls to see if he knows where Sarah is and says she disappeared from school. And he agrees to meet with her at a convention center. So um, Madame Blank is upset that Sarah just left. And I love that the convention center looks like a rocket. It does look like a rocket. And also convention centers. I mean, like, we have, like, the Javits Center in yeah. our minds. But I'm like, this is a psychiatrist center. Like, yeah. They didn't say that. So it's so weird to think about, like, in the 70s, when you say convention center, did that mean, like, a psychiatrist center? I don't know. Because mm. I can't possibly comprehend that, where I'm like, oh, no, that's the Javits Center. Comic-Con. Yeah, so, <laughs> so we find out that Sarah's father is the Italian consul in uh, Geneva. Um, yes. And then we meet Frank Mandel, where I wrote, holy shit, young Udo Kier. Um, Udo Kier is, like, in all these, like, fucking B-movies. Everyone's seen Udo Kier, but never this young. We, my guitar player and I used to have a running joke where he was, like, always talking about how he wouldn't invite me to anywhere Udo Kier was. Um, because, Why? Well, because I would joke around about how I want to beat the living shit out of Udo Kier for his crimes against cinema. Because he's been in a lot of bad movies, but well, he's also terrible in this. I wanted to beat the shit out of him well, for this well, role. His voice was dubbed. I don't care. Yeah. I still wanted to beat the shit out of him. Yeah. So, um, what language was he speaking? German. In? Right. You. Yes. Yeah. I mean, his name is Udo. <laughs> his name is Udo. Fine. Yeah. Fine. Understandable. I. I keep like. I keep fixating on the fact that everyone spoke in their own language and i keep like as much as it as an actor and especially as a director and and everyone who is like mainly involved in the crew how frustrating it might be i keep fixating on the idea that like it might be like actually incredibly fascinating mm. you know like it could it could have been really cool yeah i don't ever want to experience it <laughs> ever Ever, don't ever do it again. But yeah. like, oh, it might have been a cool thing. So now we learn about um, Helena Marcos, who had founded the Academy and the local people believed her to be a witch. Earlier in the 19th century, Marcos had been expelled by several European countries. She wrote her a number of books and went by the nickname The Black Queen. And she yes. became the subject of a lot of gossip, and, but then accumulated a lot of money and founded a school of dance and occult studies as this weird occult studies this weird person who dubs stuff keeps saying is occult occult i was like are they saying occult yeah so yeah they're saying occult but for some reason he kept pronouncing it occult um so she died in a fire and then her favorite student took over they don't say it but i assume that's madame blanc well you're forgetting this dude who randomly is introduced too that's not up that's not up that hasn't happened yet Oh. Yeah. Um, oh. But, so, he talks I about... I wrote, I want to say at the end of this, like, break in this, like, scene, Oh, I yeah, guess, no, I'll definitely... I wrote... You, you I wrote no, I wrote... Talk about I wrote, fuck this guy. That's what I wrote. Yeah, you definitely wanted to talk about this guy whose entire um, well, view no, on witches I, I, came from... I wrote, from... fuck this guy, apparently, about, about the dude who you're talking about well yeah well the guy who he introduces frank well, mendel yeah well so well, professor, Ma- well, professor malaeus yeah professor malaeus whose basically entire point of view comes from the malleus maleficarum um, which is just incredible but um 
so the last thing Frank um, says is that he believes that bad luck isn't brought by broken mirrors, but by broken minds. Which I like, I feel like that's something that just like stuck out to me more than most things in this film, other than the lighting and the cinematography. You know, like that, it definitely stuck with me. And I feel like it's one of those things that like when people think of Suspiria, they think of something that's like a, that quote. Yeah. So you wanted to talk about Professor Milius. I love him. Okay. So he wrote a book called Paranoia or Magic or something like that. And so like Susie's like a skeptic and I'm like, how Susie? No, I know you've been there a couple of days, but first of all, you came from New York City. Uh, like, we assume. You came from New York City. And there's all sorts of fucking weird ghost shit in New York City. And so you're seeing all this shit. You've been through all this shit. And the couple of days that you've been in, or the week that you've been in this place in Germany, you obviously know that all this, like, weird shit's going on. So, But she's still a skeptic. And he goes on to say that, like, you know, he's talking about witches. This is his whole life. His entire life has been, like, about the mystical, about the mythical, about all these things. Mm. And um, that these witches have the power to change people's lives. And their goal is to accumulate great personal wealth, but it can only be done through harm to others. So they can, like, make people sick. They can, like, in any way, shape, or form, they can kill people. Yeah. It's a very uh, it's a very negative witch hunter, like, perspective. That's why I said it sounds like it's directly from the Malleus Maleficarum. Well, that's exactly, I think, where it stems from. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, and then she uh, suddenly perks up, and she's just like, oh, that makes sense, because someone, like, and she says, oh, because someone spoke to me about it. And then she asks him about Helena Marcos. And he's like, yeah, well, duh. <laughs> it's the Black Queen. Like, are you fucking kidding me? And I love that he just came in out of nowhere. I love that he was just chilling, probably enjoying the, like, 20-minute break that he had. And he didn't need to actually take that 20-minute break to, like, go to the cafeteria and eat, because he's also a witch. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Professor Malaeus is just, like, this otherworldly being. He reminds me of, like, the old man in The Exorcist. Mm. Like, he's just... Max von Sydow? Yes. He, okay. reminds, he reminds me of Max, but he just... In a different way. He reminds me of, of every priest that you've seen in every horror movie. Yeah. Um, and I just love that he randomly came in. And that, what's his name? Frank was just like, oh, here's my friend. Yes, my friend gives exposition. You should talk to him. <laughs> but it made I was more interested in him than I was in Frank or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Um, but so they say that they have a, he says that they have a tremendous talent for evil or yeah. something like that. And so there, so could, and she asks, "Is there a guild of witches?" And he's like, "No, no, bitch, it's called a coven." I'm imagining the guild being like joining SAG, but for witches. <laughs> I imagine it like I thought of when she said a guild of witches. I thought of like the United Nations. Yeah, which is just like because SAG is a piece of shit right now. I'm sorry, um, but so, and then we learn that like so, if the coven is deprived of their, like, leader, their queen bee, or something like that. It's like a headless cobra. Yes. 
Um, and you know what? We find out that Olga is wrong because, uh, you know, you would think someone with an S in their name would be in charge if they're like Snake, but I guess not. Um, nope. So, but I kept thinking about, I heard, I heard initially, I heard Hydra yeah. and not Cobra. And I was like, he obviously doesn't know what happened in Disney's Hercules. <laughs> He doesn't know what happened in any Greek mythology. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. there is a, that, that was one of my favorite myths as a child, and that was way before Disney's Hercules. So. Oh, yes, but that's just, that. I just thought I'd be yeah. funny. So, she, but, so, so he says that magic is everywhere, Yeah, and it's all over the world, and it's a recognized fact, and it always has been. Mm-hmm. And Susie's like, Phew. mind blown. So, mind blown. So she goes back to the academy and finds out everyone is gone because they they uh, Miss Tanner got everybody tickets for the Bolshoi. Um, and didn't invite her. Yeah, she calls Frank and says she hasn't heard from Susie. And then the light lightning takes the power out. So Susie decides she's going to dump all her prescribed food into the toilet, and she dumps the wine. And the wine. No, I understand why the blood looks like paint. The wine looks like paint too, and I'm like, no wonder well, you get sleepy I thought, after drinking. Because that shot of the toilet and flushing yeah. things down, I thought she was actually peeing because mm-hmm. it's like a CL squared thing where people pee and we show it. And I thought she had a really bad I mean, UTI. You're, you're making of the food me sound like Quen- you're making me sound like Quentin Tarantino with like his foot fetish. No, well, I I allow it to happen. You know, everyone who's listening, well, but no. So I saw it. I saw this. I saw the toilet flush. And I was like, holy shit, the food they've been giving her has given her a really bad UTI. (laughs) This is really bad. She's peeing blood. And it's more realistic looking than the actual blood that comes out of everyone Mm. who actually dies or has come out of their blood. Yeah, so she dumps the wine, but like I said, the wine looks like paint. And I remember thinking, well, gee, no wonder she's sleepy after drinking it. She's drinking paint. So... Um, yes. it lingers in the sink. She turns the lights out and she sees lights outside her window. And then mm-hmm. a bat for no reason comes in the room and attacks her, which I guess is a thing. Um, it reminded me, it reminded me of my sister. And, you know, I it, love my sister because she's my sister. But uh, I remember when I was very, very young, uh, we're like, we're born on the same day, 13 years apart. She's, um, my half sister. But I remember being in the kitchen while we were growing up and a bat flew into the kitchen and flew into her hair mm-hmm. and she freaked, she freaked the fuck out. And I remember literally pointing at her and laughing. Hmm. So that's what this reminded me of. Yeah. So it's, this is the fakest looking bat I've ever seen in a fucking movie though. Jesus. Well, I, I, it's very fake looking, but I was like, what animatronics did they use in order to accomplish this in 1976 or 77, you know? It it looks like they literally just went to, like, the the German equivalent of Halloween Adventure. Oh, Halloween Adventure. And just picked up, like, whatever the fake bat they have is, because it's not a good looking bat at all. No, Um, it's not. So she kills it with a chair, which is really unnecessary. Um, it's uh, well, it's unnecessary that she like cover. I got really excited because she covered it with that like sheet again. The fact that I love the sheets and the shawls and the scarves and this, mm-hmm. um, and she covered it with it, and I was like, oh, she's gonna save its life. And then she crushed it with the stool unnecessarily, even though it was already trapped. She could have just let it outside. Exactly, exactly. So Susie, she, fuck you. So at this point, Susie decides she's gonna figure out where the uh the teachers go the faculty go so she starts remembering uh where the footsteps go starts counting her steps um 
there's seven steps to the right at first, and then there's tw another 20 steps. I wanna, I wanna also interject and mention that, you know, it's, uh, her friend is gone. Pat was dead, like, hours after she, like, first saw her. Shit is really bad. She's falling asleep, like, involuntarily. And she goes to investigate without a weapon. Without a weapon, mind you. She's doing all of these things. Now, please continue. Yeah, so she opens a door. She hears laughter. We see the old woman in there. There's a bunch of old women now. They're actually having a good time cutting meat. And, uh... And this is why I thought that it was a meat cutter in the beginning when she was with the Sound of Music boy. Yeah, so... I, it looked exactly the same. Yeah, so, uh... Susie does the worst job of sneaking, possibly. Um... Literally, she the only thing she could have done to make herself louder was, like, bang pots and pans as she's running past the room. Um, but you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of, like, like as if the people, like, cutting the meat were, like, the minions or, like, the guards in a boss level of a video mm -hmm. game. Yeah, they, they, I, I, I love how, like, the late old lady looks around for a while and is like, fuck, it's a lot, it's too much effort to go look and see who's out there, so let's go back to gossiping and cutting meat. And also, my other big thing about this is that they were, like, raucously laughing. Yeah. And they were, like, and so I assume, I'm, like, I've, I made a note of, like, when did soundproofing a room happen? Because there's, like, this is an old fucking building, right? That's mm -hmm. been around and hasn't been renovated since the 1800s. So if they've been wondering what's going on and where the teachers go at night, they don't hear like, how can the rest of the students not hear what's going on with these fucking women laughing while they're cutting meat? I, they're I don't so know. loud. They're so loud. I don't know. I don't, I can't answer that. But, um, so Susie goes into Madame Blank's office and I just kept thinking, this is really big expulsion territory. Like, imagine, wouldn't it be funny if it turns out there's no witches Sarah was just paranoid, and Susie just gets expelled for sneaking into someone's office. And it turns out well, that's why Pat got expelled, too, because she's... Well, that's why she got expelled. She yeah. saw the irises. Yeah. She saw what she wasn't supposed to go to. Yeah. She probably heard those fuckers laughing and was like, oh, I want to laugh, too, and then got expelled <laughs> for it. So Susie now sees a bunch of, uh, you know, a bunch of irises. Um, and then she has this weird... I've never understood this in films where someone, like, has this weird photographic memory that comes out of nowhere. See, that happens to me a lot. Really? That actually happens to me a lot. Because like, I've never had that. Especially when like... I used to, like, get inebri inebriated. I sound it right now. But, like, it, uh, things would come and, like, flash back to me in, like, such vivid detail. that mm. Like, I'd be like, oh, this doesn't make sense. So, like, I could, I was, like, I assumed that... From the beginning, when she couldn't hear what Pat was saying when we first saw her, yeah, that she'd have this because I get that. Mm. So, uh, she remembers uh, Pat saying to turn the blue one for the secret, and she does it, and a door pops open. Now, she's suddenly in a room with blue velvet curtains, and it leads to this special again, more curtains, yeah, it leads Love to them. this very special chamber. And uh, Miss Tanner is at the end of the chamber with, with Madame Blanc. And uh, Madame Blanc tells Tanner to make the American girl disappear. Vanish. She must vanish. Die. Die. And Madame Blanc calls upon Helena to give her power. And um, 
You know, it's weird, though. The way she's talking, Madame Blanc sounds less like she's doing a spell and more like she's having, like, a hot flash or something. Well, um, it's well. she's way too old. At the, uh, this is no offense to Joan Bennett, but uh, but she's too old to have a hot flash. It's just, I feel like this could have, this could have been executed better. I truly do. Yeah. Like, I feel like even a couple of changes, like a different direction. Yeah. I think that, I, I don't want to, like, say oh, it's the director's fault, but that's obviously the take that they chose, and I like to assume that, that she gave several different, like, takes and versions of it, and that's the one that worked. Yeah. But it didn't really, it didn't work. Y yeah, so she sees Sarah's body is in here, pretty much put on display, and I just kept thinking, well, wouldn't that smell? And even and if it didn't smell because they used preservatives or whatever, you would smell those really, really strongly. So yeah, you'd smell like even if they mummified her. Yeah. So uh, Pavl Pavlos is there. He sees her, um, and he starts following her. She runs. Did, into uh, that was my question. Did did he actually see her? Yes. Um, so she runs into another room, and now she hears the directress wheezing again. Um, and then Susie accidentally knocks over a peacock and a lot of balls, which wakes up the direct directress, who we find out is dun 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 Helena Marcos. Yes. So well, obviously. So Susie picks up an arrow that was one of the peacocks. Uh, a plume is that quills? The word? Quills. Okay. No, no, quills is porcupine. Uh, then I would yeah. think it's the plume. I only think of a plume as, like, because I'm a band geek, that's the thing that's on top of the hat that you wear in the marching band, but that's yeah. probably what it is. Yeah, so, um, she walks over to the curtain where she heard, um, Helena, and, but there's no one there, and there's a lot of laughter, and it tells her death is coming for you. You wanted to kill Helena Marcos? Well, hell is behind that door. You're going to meet death now, the living dead. And then Sarah's body is alive and coming at Susie. I really love that. That was, like, it's almost one of my favorite moments. Like, I actually wasn't expecting this. Mm -hmm. I wasn't expecting... I can't believe that I've never seen this movie, because I really loved it. And I'm excited to watch the sequel. Um, it's not a sequel. Well, yeah, the, not there is the a sequel. sequel. Not the remake. I did that yeah. before. The remake. The remake. Yeah. I'm excited to watch that. But I was not expecting Sarah to, like, come out and be the living dead and all yeah. that. I was, and I kept thinking about it like as like an actor's perspective. I was like, how cool. Yeah. How cool. Yeah. Fucking awesome. So there's anyway. lightning and during the lightning, she sees the outline of, Hel of Helena Marcos, who I guess is invisible. Um, and so Susie stabs her and then Helena appears and she's old and burned and rotted. And Susie stabs Helena right through the fucking throat, like one end to the other. And then things start blowing up. Everything blows up. Yeah, we see the teachers having what look like... Ha they look like they're having aneurysms. Um, uh, just... Every, like, tables are flying all over the place. Shit's flying off the walls. And I still get... I kept thinking, like, what's her name? Julie Harper? Is that her name? Yes, Jessica Harper. Jessica Harper, excuse me. I'm sorry, Jessica Harper. But I kept thinking, like, how fun as an actor. <laughs> like shit's just flying all over the place you have to walk through the, like this is your job yeah like how fucking cool is that i thought it was fantastic i loved that scene yeah that's this i believe that's the sequence that danielle um sorry that daria nicolodi uh said was based on a dream she had and i'd like to think also since you told me that that like since you told the world that 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 
It's in the exact sequence in which it happened in her dreams. It, entirely possible. Entirely possible. We'd have to look Loved it. I loved it. It was so exciting. I can't believe that I actually really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. So Susie gets out into the rain. And um, the thing that bothered me is Susie immediately, when she's out in the rain, is like, well, I guess I'm safe now. Time to laugh. <laughs> and... I took it as that. And then I also took it as like, holy shit, I'm back in the fucking rain. Yeah. And so we see a fire start inside, and then the credits roll. Well, I liked it, like, I was just like, so the credits roll while the fire's burning. We only see it through, like, the one window. Like, window. But I'm like, so I, as, like, a horror person, like, to think that, like, everyone who was a dancer at the school died. But we, we'll never know. They wouldn't, though, because they were at the Bolshoi. Fuck, you're right. They were still there. Yep. So only the fact they come back, wow, that would suck. You go to the fucking Bolshoi Ballet, your whole school is burned down, and all the faculty are dead. See, I just thought that everyone was dead. I forgot that people were out. Yeah, yeah, the whole, uh, the whole, uh, you know, all the students were at the Bolshoi. Except for Susie. Yeah. She gets to sing in the rain. Which, if we're being really honest, is really suspicious, quite honestly. They were all in on it. But you know what I'm saying? If you're a detective, I mean, someone's going to have to look at who burned the school down and killed all the teachers. And lo and behold, only one student is there and a student whose best friend was mur- would like disappeared mysteriously. Well, I'm like, I'm like. <laughs> from if you really look at it from the perspective well, of the faculty's what? dead. But what I'm saying is if you really look at it from the perspective of like a detective or something investigating this case, because they someone's going to have to investigate it. Well, what Susie would certainly look like a suspect. But what I thought of, like, because, you know, I don't know exactly what forensic technology was in the 70s. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Very little. Like fingerprints. I I know it was very little. I know it was more than it was. Like thirty years prior, I'm looking. At, I'm looking at. I have uh, Charles knows this. I have like a human arm bone from the 1600s, and I'm looking at it right now, and I'm just like, they didn't. You know, I know that this person's arm bone was never identified. Like, and uh, how tech I technology has like advanced in incredible ways. But in the 1970s, I'm yeah. like, you. If I were Susie, I would just. Sing in the rain and dance in the rain and change my name yeah. to something like Gene Kelly. Sorry. Which, but, which um, looks even just, more suspicious, quite honestly. But like, change, but just like disappear, like make people think that you also died in the fire because you were on a restrictive diet. You weren't allowed. Yeah. Every student who was there, who was like out at the time, could attest to the fact that she was. Not allowed anywhere. And so she was there and she died. Mm-hmm. And then so she gets away and changes her name and it's like it never happened. Yeah. Well, all I'll say is that you having that is probably why you have ghosts all the time. <laughs> but um I have ghosts all the time, everyone. Yeah. That's another that's like something else that like we should like talk about to our public because there are ghosts all the time. Everywhere. One day, one day, they'll have to In keep listening, life. and maybe they'll get some some real life ghost stories. We'll see. Well, they're not deserving. I want to like write about it and then like sell it. 
Yeah. Well, uh, well, well, uh, I guess you could do that. So, anyway, though, that was Suspiria, Dario Argento's 1977 film for our, I believe, our two-hour episode. Um, it's not our first two-hour episode, but I think it's our first two-hour episode where it's just you and I. It's not surprising. I mean, it was like, I was shocked at enjoying this as much as I did. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah, well, let's see what, I actually like the, uh, well, I'll go into that when we watch the re, uh, the remake, which we might have a special returning guest for. Ooh. Ooh, ah. So, listen for that, people. So, um, we hope you enjoyed this, um, because if you didn't, then, uh. Fuck you. Yeah, if you didn't, well, then you wasted your time and we still enjoyed ourselves, so. Uh, we did. We did enjoy ourselves. We, we really did. did. We had a good time, Chelsea. I feel like I feel like like you know the episodes Aww. that like go long. It's because we just like we spend time actually like telling little anecdotes, yeah. and that's really what it's all about. Exactly. Like, we're we're hoping like, you relate to the story as people. Like, well, hopefully you've already like watched the movie, and then you get to know our opinions, and then mm-hmm. you like. If you're lucky, you get to hear little random factoids about Chelsea and Charles. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So speaking of which, Chelsea, where can people find you? You can find me on Chelsea.Lesage on Instagram. I can be found at Charles.D.Lincoln on Instagram. Yes, and you can find us together. Together. On um, CL Squared. Uh, productions on CL Square Productions, all one word, on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Sorry, my dog's like my face. Yes. And you can also listen to our other podcast, uh, Beyond the Bell, where we talk about... Beyond the Bell! Where we talk about women's wrestling at uh, anchor.fm slash beyond the... And B-E-L-L-E, like Belle from Beauty and the Beast. And you can also, coming this week on this channel, uh, tune in on Wednesday or Thursday. We'll figure out which, where one of the first interview of the fabulous Friends of Charles comes up, where we speak to... Um, Ch- Chelsea's... They're my uh, friends, too. Yep, Chelsea's... Uh, no, I've I've laid claim. Uh, where we They're speak my friends, to, too. To Chelsea's uh, co-stars in uh, 21st Century Demon Hunter, Casey Marie Ecker and Rebecca Lauren. They are my friends, too. So, um... Thank I've, you guys for listening. Yeah, we want to thank you guys for listening. Tune in on a Wednesday or Thursday for the, inter- the first of many interviews that I will be doing. Um, I'm which will be super... Yeah, they'll be on this channel, on this uh, same, uh, whether you listen to this, whether it's Spotify or Anchor or whatever. And then maybe I want to interview people, too. Why not? You could. You could do that. <laughs> I could. I'll make the time. I promise people I'll make the time for you. Yes. Um, but yeah, so tune in next week where we talk about the remake of Suspiria. I'm so excited to watch the remake of Suspiria. All right, bye, guys. All right, toodles.